Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. Carton after midnight. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this early, early Sunday morning or late Saturday night. If you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps, coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio in lower Manhattan, the greatest city in the world, New York City. We're going to be together a lot tonight till 6 a.m. So I have Maruful behind a glass with me tonight. He's ready, willing, and able to take your phone calls. You guys know that number. It's already saved in your phone. I don't even need to tell you, but I'll give it to you anyway just in case. 877-337-6666. Let's load them up with your best content only, please, and thank you. Hey, do you guys believe in miracles? As most of you probably already know, Saturday was the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. I can't tell you where I was or give you a personal anecdote or anything like that because you know what? Well, I wasn't born yet, but I'd be interesting to hear your stories on that Miracle on Ice where the USA hockey team beat, what was it, the USSR 40 years ago. I'm only 31, only, but you know what I mean. So we have, it hasn't been a terribly cold or snowy winter so far this year. But baseball is back. Okay, I know it isn't real baseball, but let's take what we can get. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. So to be honest, I, I got uh, just got back from a little nice trip to Florida. Beaches were beautiful. I have a nice little tan. Weather was 82 degrees until the last day on, on Friday where... Me and my cousin, as fans, headed out to spring training. It was 50 degrees and cloudy with a steady wind. Crazy how that shifted so fast. But this actually was my first experience at spring training. I know it's kind of hard to believe, but it's true. Port St. Lucie was way too far away, and we couldn't do a day trip to Tampa. So we hit the closest two teams to where we were, the Braves and the Rays. So the Braves practiced totally underwhelming. Tampa Bay Rays practice, though, was awesome. Hey, by the way, from a Yankee perspective, I think Hunter Renfro might be the player to keep an eye on for them this season. He jacked four straight home runs to dead center field, 410 feet. I actually really enjoy spring training from a coach's perspective because I always like to try to put myself in the manager's shoes to make the lineup calls just myself, you know? Like, for example, I'm studying the Rays players. They're taking their batting practice, the outfielders. And I'm watching them leave the cage and talk to each other and their coaches on the tweaks that they're making to their swings. I mean, you're so close. It's like you're watching your own team. You're sticking your nose through the fence, behind the plate and everything. And like, for example, also I like to watch for that fringe guy. Which fringe guy is going to make the team? If I had to guess today for the New York Yankees, I'm telling you, the fringe guy is going to be Tyler Wade. I asked him about that once, his versatility. He knows his versatility is staying power. Those are my words, not his, but that's the general effect of what he told me. He's got a minus bat, but he's got a plus glove, and he plays multiple positions. So with D.D. Gregorius now playing for that red team down the turnpike, that does open up a spot where Tyler Wade could kind of slide in and be the backup shortstop and utility infielder for the New York Yankees. The Yankees are for sure in a position where they could absorb his lackluster offensive performance in exchange for his good defense. And sticking with the Yankees, is this overreaction Sunday, everybody? 
Or is this panic about Luis Severino for real? You've got Severino, who's projected to be the Yankees' number two starter, shut down for several days due to soreness in his right or throwing forearm. Heading back right here to New York City tomorrow, Monday, for three days of tests. In weird news, it only happens after throwing his changeup. Severino said if it were major, it would be occur- be occurring after other pitches too. So many people didn't catch that all week, including these skies falling hosts this week. I know it's February and they might not have a ton of stuff to talk about, but let me say it again. Severino said, this is a quote, if it were major. I know he's not a doctor and that he may be saying that to downplay it since he's so frustrated with how last season went. But to make assumptions and to speculate that he's going to miss any significant length of time at this juncture, at this juncture, is spreading fake news. They have some issues off the board, according to Severino. But guys, can you just stop panicking until the Yankees and or Severino figure it out and announce exactly what's going on? And precisely for this reason, and for Paxton's surgery, from a coach's or a manager's perspective, you got to love what you saw from Jay Happ earlier today. I mean, my main takeaway from today's game was Jay Happ. I mean, he has this story of redemption, a chance of redemption after last year's disappointing, especially second-half campaign. But today, his fastball hit 93, he pitched two scoreless innings, and he racked up three strikeouts in that time. And for the Mets earlier today, there was some good, there was some bad, and there was some ugly. It was a split-squad deal today. I was tuned into the TV broadcast of the Mets-Marlins game, the one where the top 45% of the batting order included Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, and Wilson Ramos. That's a pretty formidable top there, isn't it? Slide Brandon Nimmo in there, and you're set, like, for real. So for my Mets takeaways from today's action, listen, I know it's game one of spring training. Don't call me up with those stupid takes, but here we go. The good. A, Wilson Ramos. He made the most out of that cleanup role today. And after the first three Mets got on base in the first inning, he took a 2-0 pitch to deep to right field. Would have and should have been a grand slam. But I'm telling you, that wind is serious in Florida. The wind blew it back into play. Ground rule double instead. B, Rick Porcello did all right. One One inning pitched. Two soft singles. One run earned. No walks. One strikeout. A runner that stole second eventually scored. But is that entirely on Porcello? Because the Mets in 2019, before he even got there, had the highest stolen bases against. What was it, 136 or 139? That's pretty significant. And it's the worst in in MLB. And it doesn't look like it's gone away. The bad, Pete Alonso, 0 for 3 with a strikeout. The ugly, Jason Shreve. He was struggle city. He had an awful outing. Within his first eight pitches, he surrendered a home run and responded to that by plunking the very next batter. He entered with a lead, left with the game tied. That's exactly what the Mets did not need. Another bad relief pitcher below a lead. You've seen that. You've seen it over and over and over again. Listen, 
That's Carrie Underwood. Before he cheats, I haven't spoken with you guys in one whole week, and there is still some new Astros fallout across the league, everybody. The Vitterol hasn't stopped as more and more position players are reporting to spring training. The league's biggest superstars outside of Houston have sounded off once and for all. Mike Trout said, I don't agree with the punishments. The players not getting anything? It was a player-driven thing. It sucks, too, because these guys' careers have been affected. A lot of people lost jobs. Me going up to the plate knowing what was coming, it would be pretty fun up there. One of those guys that lost his job was Joe Girardi. And I'm sure you've seen the reports that this week, guys, but I had you covered when I asked him about it at our Italian-American Baseball Foundation dinner on, guess when? December 4th, not February 24th. Michael Conforto, the team's union representative of the Mets, he said, the bottom line, no matter what we do, we want an even playing field. It's clear around baseball we did, didn't feel like there was an even playing field. Bryce Harper says, a guy who comes up for his first start and they have signs, and he absolutely gets shelled for seven or eight, and they send him back down, and he never comes back to the big leagues. Those are the guys I feel bad for. Of course, guys like right-hander David Robertson get shelled in Houston in 2017. That's tough. World Series or not. And then guys like Aaron Judge going through 2017 absolutely killing it and get beat out by AL MVP by Altuve. And then <laughs> Braves' Nick Marcakis says, everything has been handled in a bad way. Players are scot-free. Every single guy over there needs a beating. Oh, yeah, and speaking of violence, the most recent, fans are making death threats to the players and their families. Okay, I understand this is a historical juncture of the game of baseball, but guys, come on, knock that crap off. I mean, I know that they could be playing the victim card, and that's probably what they're doing, and I know we as fans of the game of baseball won't allow that narrative to be written, but that's not funny. And what, honestly, do you get? out of sending one of those messages from your burner account. Nothing. So just stop. And after all this, I honestly think that enough is enough with Rob Manfred. The owners need to do the right thing and remove him from his position. The disgrace and the blemish that the Astros put on the league, compounded by his ineptitude, Rob Manfred's job should be going, going, gone. And, well, you know, we've talked about it on here before. How about that new NFL playoff structure or the new MLB playoff structure? Will there be an NFL lockout? And what about a certain number 13 appearing in green and white next season? There are 31 days until opening day. Let's hit the calls. Everything's on the table. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan after midnight on the fan. Got to get the beat drop here. I'm Danielle McCartan back with you on WFA and radio here in New York City. We're just talking about some, there it is. We got some Mets, some Yankees up tonight. We got some little bit of Astros up tonight. And hey, how about the NFL collecting bargaining? How about the new playoff format for both big leagues here? What about a certain number one, three in green and white? Maybe Odell Beckham to the Jets we could talk about. Hey, get on the phone, 877-337-6666. We have one more slot open on, on the phone lines here. I just wanted to make sure we got this all covered before we actually delved in tonight. So if you're on hold, hang one more second. Because we were talking about Rob Manfred's job, right? Well, LeBron James in a tweet. LeBron James in a tweet weighed in. He said, listen, I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports. And I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be mm, irate. Listen here, baseball commissioner. Listen to your players speaking about disgusted, mad, hurt, broken, etc. about this. 
Literally, the ball, insert baseball emoji, is in your court, or should I say field? And you need to fix this for the sake of sports. Then he put hashtag, just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie regardless of my own sport I play. <laughs> Longest hashtag ever. Then you got MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred apologizing Tuesday after he called the World Series trophy, the commissioner's trophy, a piece of metal as part of his defense for not taking it away from the Astros. Then you got Chris Bryant. He said, this is a quote, he really meant it that it was just a piece of metal, not to me. I have one in my office back home, and it's right there, right in the middle of the center of attention. That was something that was important to me and very important to this whole organization because we hadn't had one in 108 years. That piece of metal meant a lot to this whole city. Dodgers, Justin Turner. I mean, these are all-stars, superstars. He says for him to devalue it the way he did just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. At this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is that it says commissioner on it. <laughs> then Manfred comes out, he says, in an effort to make a rhetorical point, I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. It was a mistake to say what I said. And of course, on every broadcast across the league, there was Astros cheating scandal talk. Was anyone glued to the MLB network later, earlier, like I was? I wanted to see what the reaction would be when the Astros took the field. In fact, Dusty Baker put his double and triple-A team out there against Max Scherzer and the Nationals. Not one single name-brand player started that game. To the disappointment of MLB fans everywhere, including Astros fans. Can you imagine you take that trip to the game with your kids, you sit through the downpours and the rain delay, and not get to see one single star player? I know I wouldn't be happy. There were entire families sitting on blankets, and hiding under blue tarps in the lawn section. The commentator spoke for a half an inning about the scandal and its fallout across the league. One explained how the atmosphere of the stadium was weird, and that fans didn't know what to do when the starting lineup without the marquee players for the Astros was announced. Signs were confiscated at the ballpark. Have you seen that? Apparently, they aren't allowed. One confiscated, or one stolen sign spelled out Astros and had an asterisk in place of the A. That fan was sitting the first row above the Astros dugout. Last thing, Brett Gardner says, obviously there's a lot of people out there that weren't happy about it. I'm one of them. But again, the more we stand here and talk about it, the longer it draws on and on. I don't think it's good for the game. What do you guys think? Let's hit the phones. Let's go. Gary, you've been waiting a long time on hold. What do you got for me tonight? You said Gary, right? That's you, Gary. You're on the fan. What's up? Yeah, my question is, who's the only guy to hit it at the old Yankee Stadium? <laughs> Gary, yeah. Uh, who's the only guy to hit it out of the old Yankee Stadium? Right. He was in the Negro League. I don't know. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to give me that answer. Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson. Well, there you go. There is your your trivia for the night, everybody. Josh Gibson is the only. Was he, was he a Yankee? No, he was in the Negro League. He wasn't a Yankee. Oh, oh the Negro League. Okay, so J Josh Gibson is the only player, guys, to hit it out of the old Yankee Stadium. Gary, thank you for that. I appreciate the check-in on the trivia there. Okay. Take care. Always interesting. Just always interesting. You never know what you're going to get. CJ from Mount Holly, I know what I'm going to get out of you. What's up tonight? 
All right, Danielle, let's talk first about the Yankees and their pitching situation. You know what? They have two bad situations going on. I think with Severino, when you start hearing about soreness in the forearm, sometimes that's a prelude to Tommy John surgery. This doesn't look good. They can't identify exactly what's wrong. But the question I have to you is, now you're the Yankees. You're missing two of the biggest big stars. You just left with Tanaka and Garrett Cole. Do you go get another pitcher right away? Or do you see if a guy like Montgomery could fill in the you know, could be a suitable fill-in? Because I see Montgomery. He's never going to be a top starter. And the wise guy, to me, is not a big-time pitcher. I don't even think he's a middle-rotation pitcher. Given that information, do you go sooner or later to get an arm? Mm, I'd wait and see first what the diagnosis on Severino is. I mean, it's only with throwing a, a changeup. I mean, it's not with any other pitch. So I'm not hitting the panic button on that. And you know what? For the meantime, for the time being, maybe it is going to be Jordan Montgomery. Maybe it is going to be Davey Garcia, who's nobody talking about yet. I would love to see those guys pitch in the, in the spring training game. So I'm not going out and panicking just yet if I'm the Yankees um, because it, it could be something. it could be something simple. We don't know. We don't know what this injury to Severino is. None of us are doctors, and neither is he. So over the next three days, he's going to do some testing, and by Wednesday or Thursday, we should figure out what it is. Then we'll talk again next week, I think, about that. All right. What do you think about the overall status of the bullpen? Something that is coming up that no one's really talking about. It. I think Chapman's in serious decline in his career. He's lost a little bit of zip. And you know what? They don't have the chances. I know they have other bullpen help. Do you think there might be a need somewhere in the season to get another bullpen off? I expect the Yankees will do that probably around the trading deadline. I agree with you, yes. And uh, probably, I mean, I think it might be Josh Hader, but we'll see. All right, let's get to the football giants. You know what? They got the fourth overall pick. I'm going to give you a choice. Do you go with the best tackle available? This probably going to be Thomas, the kid from Georgia. Do you go with the cornerback? Okuda from Ohio State, or do you go with another player? Do you take a reach maybe on a second edge rusher? What would you do, all things being equal, with that draft pick? Um, I know, see, I think I think Ohio State has the most, produces the most, like, ready-made NFL players, and I know yeah. the Giants have a glaring need, and the Jets, for a cornerback. Um, so I think I go cornerback, out of, given those three choices. I do. Right, yeah, it could, it could definitely be your cooter. The other question I have for the Giants, and I, you know, I, I talked to other hosts about this with, you know, mixed views. What do you think about them going out and getting a confident backup quarterback? Because look what happened to the Jets yeah. this year. When Dollar got injured, it was just a disastrous season. It had no quality backup. And Jones might not be that durable. Obviously, no one's going to be a real competitor, Jones, in trading camp. But do you maybe go after get a Bridgewater if you get someone like that for twelve to fifteen million? Well, first off, I think that the Jets got into to, to a lot of trouble for a number of different reasons, and I think that one of them being that when Simeon came in, he was he, he got injured pretty much right away, and then compounded by the fact that Adam Guru didn't put his he didn't give a snap to his backup quarterback the entire. The entire time. The guy never took a practice first-team snap. So then he's in a game, this kid. He's thrown into the game. Like, like survive, kid. Of course he's not going to. No one would. And and that's the problem with that. But I think that um, 
I think you're undercutting Teddy Bridgewater's value. I think he'd be looking for something more like $20 million a year. And let's be honest, he, he can start in the league. So I don't think the Giants should go and get a guy like him. Um, if they're going to do it, it's going to be, you know, sort of like a journeyman kind of guy. So we'll see. But I, I wouldn't recommend Teddy Bridgewater because then what happens if he, he outplays Daniel Jones? And here we are again with the quarterback controversy in New York. So right. he, might, he, might, he might be too good for that situation. You want maybe someone a little bit lower with him. I understand that. And you talk about Beckham possibly, you know, going to the Jets. Yeah. That would be wonderful for the Jets. The big weakness, you got a quarterback who is young. You have to have big time outside threats. Yep. And this is something the Jets black year after year. Yep. I've been calling this station for seven years, and this conversation always continues. Where are the legitimate weapons? How come they can't draft the receiver early? Let's go out and get a Beckham type or go out and get A.J. Green. Jerry Judy. Yeah, I know. And, and CJ, thanks for the call. Spoiler alert. I do think that Odell Beckham Jr. with the New York Jets is a marriage made in heaven. I think it's a good fit. Spoiler alert. So you want to talk about that? Let's do it. I'll give you more reasons. Uh, let's go through some more phone calls, though. Uh, let's go first. Let's go to Robin Bayside. You're on hold the next longest. What's, What's up? going on, Daniel? How are you? You're on the fan. Um, so listen, a couple points. Um, first with the Astros, um, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Season seven, mm-hmm. I'm petrified if Altuve or the Astros, he wins an MVP or they win the World Series because I just want them to be beaten down to the ground for the next century. Mm. But what do you think will happen if that happens? Do you think that changed the storyline? And my second point is, I just I don't know if you saw the fight tonight. If you have any uh, comments <sighs> on the Fury Wilder fight. Yeah, all right, thanks for the call, Rob. I think uh, first, if the Astros win the World Series this year, I think, does it change the narrative? No, I don't think it does. I think people are still going to assume that they're cheating just in a different way because I know that's what I would do. I would just think that the cheating has evolved from trash can banging and the cheating has evolved from uh, buzzer wearing into something else. I-, I think they've always been ahead of the curve. And I think that guys like Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora taught the younger guys how to do it and how to fly under the radar. So if they win, I still don't think. I still don't think so. And, and uh, that kind of stinks for, for Dusty Baker. But you know what? I still don't think the narrative changed. And as far as the fight, um, I've been following along on Twitter with the fight. And, uh, you know, first of all, I pay for a subscription, right? Why do I have to pay $80 on top of that monthly subscription cost to watch this fight? I know. I know pay-per-view has been along for a long time. My mom used to buy me and my brother uh, the, the summer slams and all that. I know. It's been around for a while. But now making my own money, I wouldn't spend $80 on to watch that. It's something that I could get from Twitter for free. So I watched the uh, the introductions. I watched, uh, what's his name, Fury come out on, 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 the, on the throne. Okay, I watched it all. It's all theatrics. It's all WWE style, to be honest with you. And then, I, you know, I learned because when you buy these MMA fights, they last like 10 seconds. The, the main card lasts like 10 seconds. Like, that's a waste of money to me. But anyway, so what did I see of the fight? Um, I didn't see much. I got to give uh, McMonagle some props, too. I, maybe if you're still driving, because uh, I was listening to him on the way in. Can't really check Twitter and drive, so I was listening to him, and a couple callers that he got, I kind of garnered what happened in the fight. Um, did, did his Wilder's eardrum really get blown out? I'm not sure. I didn't see anything that was uh, confirmed on that, but blood coming out of an ear, losing the balance, looking like you're not present. I mean, those are all pretty good indications of it. 
Um, I do. I did hear from the callers here on the fan, the best callers, that um, the fight should have been stopped earlier or could have been stopped earlier. Um, and it was just pretty, pretty much one-sided, they were all saying. It was one-sided right from the get-go. And that's not fun. It's really not. It's a, that's not a fun fight, you know? Um, but, I mean, that's what I know about the fight. Um, really, that's, that's kind of really it. Um, I did see the troll job that happened beforehand where they were watching each other on the monitors and they were making fun of each other. Um, I, I, you know, the one guy, Wilder, I think it was, he was leaning on his girlfriend and then Fury was leaned over onto his helper dude or friend or whoever it was and he was mimicking him. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but, I mean, that's as far as I, at the extent of the, the fight that I watched. Also, too, the couple with the fact that you know, this is this is a long day, and I always try to close my eyes a little bit before the show starts, and that is uh, prime time, eye-closing time for me. And I was able to sleep a little bit tonight, about two hours, an hour and 40 minutes, so we're juiced up. We're ready to go. Um, so that's uh, that's that's the extent of what I've watched on the fight, and, and uh, that's that. So... I think what we can go to next, uh, let's, we got a lot of calls on hold about a lot of different things. So maybe we'll talk a little bit of hockey. Maybe we'll do some Astros stuff, some Yankee stuff. Maybe Odell Beckham to the Jets. I'd love to talk about that and see what you guys think because I already gave it away. I'm on board. I'm on board with Odell to the Jets. We'll see. Okay? More calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan on the fan. If you're on hold, hang there. I'll get to you. Welcome back, everybody, to McCartan After Midnight here on WFAN Radio in New York City. Get on the phones, 877-337-6666. I've been trying to give you guys a lot of alternatives to this Astros talk, but if you still would like to do it, you know, I'm, I'm very well versed in it, and I have no problem talking about the Astros stuff with you. But one of the things that, that has kind of been flying under the radar here, in, in, especially in New York, um, we have three hockey teams here in New York, and, you know, one of them, the Rangers, they might sneak into the playoffs with a trade deadline looming. What are the Rangers going to do? Well, when you look at their um, what's that called? Their, their salary cap numbers, you know, per player and everything. You look at two guys kind of stick out to you: Chris Kreider and Jesper Fast. Those are two guys that, at the end of this season, that are going to be unrestricted free agents. So, are those the guys that you're going to trade? Or are, those, or are you, are you going to resign? You probably can pick only one of them to resign. Who's it going to be, Kreider or Fast? And then what to do with Henrik Lundqvist, who's got a full no-movement clause for this year and for next year. But tonight, the goalie for tonight, he has not... He, he, he's goaltended 10 games. He's won nine of them. Is that for real? So that kind of makes Henrik Lundqvist a little bit dispensable, but what do you do with him? He doesn't want to go anywhere. He told me years ago he didn't want to go anywhere. He loves New York. He wants to be in New York forever. So what do you do with them? Robbie, what are we doing with these Rangers? Well, Danielle, it's finally nice to talk. It's the first time on uh, your show. I've been calling the station for 33 years. Oh. I grew up right out. I grew up in Ryburg, New York, right outside. Uh, you know, I used to go to Ranger practices as a yeah. kid and uh-huh. used to watch the games with the injured players. So the, the Rangers are my favorite team in professional sports. And right now, they're the best story in New York. Um, you know, last year, the St. Louis Blues, not only comparing the Blues to the Rangers, but the R- Blues made a run, which was unprecedented, going from the worst team in the league to a Stanley Cup champion. Yep. And, you know, the Rangers are on a roll right now. I saw the Rangers do this in 1979. 
right before the U.S. Olympic team won, and the Rangers lost eventually to Montreal in the finals. But the Rangers made a run in the playoffs and got to the playoffs as, as a team that wasn't that good, but they really did some damage in the, in the playoffs. Um, as far as the U.S. Olympic team, I'll tell you, reminisce my thoughts. I was 15 years old when the uh, U.S. Olympic team won, uh-huh. and the game was actually on tape delay, okay? Uh-huh. And my father actually knew the score, but he didn't tell me it was on tape delay, so we watched it. And at the time, you know, there was no texting, there was no cable was very limited. I mean, there was no internet. And so everything was just about watching the game. It was actually on tape delay, but I can name all 20 players from that team. I'm not even going to name them right now, obviously, but I mean, like, I mean, that's how much yeah. that team meant to me. The only bad side was that Ken Moore joined the Islanders. The Islanders won four cups in a row after that. So as a Ranger <laughs> as fan, a Ranger it was very fan, difficult, yeah. but I also <laughs> wanted to tell you about Josh Gibson. Somebody had mentioned about Josh yeah. Gibson. My old, my old late friend, Arthur George Russ Jr. had a a sports show on WABC years ago before WFAN came into into uh, existence. And uh, he has some great books on the Negro Leagues. Josh Gibson hit over 800 home runs, more than any person ever in professional baseball. And if you ever want to go and read some of those books about the Negro Leagues, Art wrote some incredibly be- beautiful books. And there's some great stories about Cool Papa Bell and all these great players, you know, Satchel Page that, you know, fortunately there were certain guys that were denied entrance to, uh, to Major League Baseball. And, right. and, and Josh Gibson was one of those. He would have been an unbelievable player. But uh, anyway, about the Rangers, you know, Igor Shazerskin is probably the best goaltender I've seen. And, God, you got to go back to maybe Hank or even Mike Richter even before that when mm-hmm. I was a kid, back to uh, somebody like Eddie Chalk. I mean, he's just got great skills and, and tremendous uh uh, just unbelievable reflexes, and the guy just reads plays beautifully. So I want to see Chris Kreider sign. The Rangers need to go and sign this guy. He's earned it. He's been a Ranger eight years. He's a leader on this team. He's got a lot of young guys, and I just want to see them do this. And you know, I'm telling you, they're on a roll right now. They're really on a roll. They're playing with confidence. And I don't want to see these guys traded. By the way, Jesper Faust is a guy that can that they can sign for a very minimal amount of money. They can sign him for a one or two year extension. It's it's Chris that's really. And the other thing is that how to fit Mika Zibanejad really into the whole situation when it comes to trying to fit the cap. You know, it's amazing if basketball had a cap like this. Hmm. You know, there would be yeah. the Knicks would be in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's yeah. a BS cap in basketball. But anyway, Daniel, yeah. lots of luck with your career. I appreciate the time and. Uh, all the best to you. Well, Robbie, thanks. Thanks again. It's very rare. My pleasure. I get a, a, get a Rangers call on here, so I kind I kind of liked. You know, it's a little different than Astros, Astros, Astros. So I kind of like the Rangers call. We, we can keep them coming. Um, yeah, Chris Kreider is the leader. I mean, they're he is the star of their team. Besides our Tammy Panarin, I mean, come on, but he, he is locked up forever, Panarin, through at least twenty twenty three. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, you know, what about Tony D'Angelo? Tony D'Angelo has been on. Fire. What if these Rangers sneak into the playoffs? They just get sneaky, sneaky into the playoffs. I mean, it's possible. I mean, they're on a roll, the Rangers, if you haven't seen everybody. Let's head out to my stopping grounds of Bergen County. Neil, you're on the fan. Hey, how are you? What's up? What's going on? All right, so first off, okay, I'm a little bit nervous, just so you know that. But I'm going to bring it just like you do. This is awesome, and I love your show. Awesome. Uh, I just wanted to say, not to bring up Astros again, but just to mention yeah, the, the okay. hater shirts by the Astros fans, I'm not feeling that. I don't like it. They're doubling down, and they're they're fine with being the bad guy now. But I just think it's just like the baseball fans want a pound of flesh. We're not getting that. Whether they're taking away signs or preventing the Astros fans, uh, Astros players from getting beamed at, that's not going to happen as much this year. It's kind of unfortunate uh, I, because we all just want them to pay for something, and the yeah. players aren't. Yep. And they have no contrition at all. 
But just to switch it to Odell, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. if you want to upset some Giants fans, mention his name and they'll be upset. <laughs> and they'll be even more upset to see him on the Jets. And do it well. It's going to be radio gold for you and for everybody else because I, it, I didn't hate Odell, but I just can't stand the fact to think of that he's going to be on the Jets. It would really frustrate me. And a, a normal, average Giants fan that's not as optimistic would hate to see that. For Jets fans, they're going to do, it's going to be great for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. But for me, I can't see how that's going to be. It's just going to be. And, and the fact that he's going to be behaved over there, he's going to do well, not do what he did over here. It's going to irk me even more. I just wanted to let you know that. And thank you so much. You're awesome. <laughs> you know, thanks for the call. Uh, Odell on his best behavior with the New York Jets. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, because if you, if you look at the most recent track record with Odell Beckham, I mean, you don't have to go far. All you have to look at is that LSU game when he was ripping instruments out of the LSU band members' hands, when he was giving $100 bills out to the player, real money, which really could have gotten them in trouble, real money. And, and, all that, and, and then there was a warrant out for his arrest because he slapped the buttocks. <laughs> Pat liked when I said that word. He slapped the buttocks of a... Uh, a New Orleans police officer or a Superdome police officer or something like that. I mean, that's like how many months ago? Um, like a month ago. Not even. So I'm not sure if Odell is going to be on his best behavior. But my thing is you, you don't give up on talent. You got to find a way. You got to find a way. And, you know, let's just say this all started with a Sports Illustrated article. Like this is, you know, an NFL source told Sports Illustrated that if Beckham is traded, he would view the Jets as an ideal landing spot. And as everything with Odell Beckham Jr., he's a lightning rod for everything. Uh, all kinds of talk surrounding this has just absolutely, boom, ignited. And I'm here to fuel it. Let's talk about it. Because <laughs> I think Odell Beckham to the Jets would be a great move. For sure. Carlo in Kings Park, you're on the fan. Morning, Daniel. How are you? How are you, Carlo? What's up? Good, Daniel. Uh, definitely talk about some Astros and yeah. a little bit about the Yanks, if I could. Uh, being a lifelong Yankee fan, um... Let me tell you right now, Daniel, if this happened to the Yankees, tarred, feathered, and worldwide disgraced. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is not even funny. I am so sick of the Astros, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> to say they're not going to get beamed? I mean, I think it's a two-to-one odd that almost every other day that somebody's going to hit them. I mean, it's going to be crazy. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then, and then they're going to get thrown out. If it's you, do you do it on the first pitch or do you do it in like the third inning to make them think that they're not going to get beamed and then you, and then you beat them? What do you, what do, you do? I just get it over with. See, I would make them wait. I would make them think like that they're good to go and then I would like third inning, I would do it. You know what they do? If they get if they get like a scrub pitcher, mm-hmm. they get a scrub pitcher that has no no value whatsoever to the team and have him plunk one of the Astros, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. There's nothing, seriously, because, look, anyone who says that they're not going to retaliate, they're totally misinformed because they have disgraced the game of baseball. They have done the cardinal rule. They cheated. They cheated. This is not even funny. Mm-hmm. This is a disgrace. You being a, you being a Yankee fan, you know darn well, if this is the Yankees, they are oh, humiliated. That's an understatement. This would be like... This uh, it would be worldwide. I'm telling you, it would be worldwide, no question. Sure. And 
I'll change the subject on uh, as far as the bad. I'll go to the, I'll go to hockey. Mm-hmm. I love my Rangers. I'm loving every minute of this. I'm loving this. And if they happen to sneak in, God forbid, they can do serious, serious damage. Because this goaltender right yeah, now. Yeah, he seems to be the talk of the town, this guy. Oh, my God. He is <laughs> unreal. This kid is unconscious. And and uh, the trade deadline, I don't want to see Kreider go. Being a lifelong Ranger fan, I don't want him to go. But yeah, but he he might he might do like one of those Roldis Chapman deals, like you know how he went to the Cubs and then and then came back. I mean, it's, hope is not lost for Chris Kreider. Oh, if they can bring him back, that'd be fantastic, like a rental kind of thing. Yeah, like or, a, like a Chapman move. Oh, that'd be fantastic if they could do that. Now, if the Rangers are smart enough to do that, because I trust JD, mm-hmm. JD is smart enough to do that. But my Rangers, oh, I don't even want to wake up for this. This and they play the Islanders on Tuesday. And hopefully yeah. they go into the Coliseum and beat them down like a dog. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love, I'd love every minute of that, Daniel. Thank you for the time, Daniel. <laughs> oh, Carlo, I'm, I'm sure you would. And and that's always the thing. Like if you are, you know, the Rangers don't play again until then. They don't play again until the Islanders. So until after the trade deadline. So Sunday they're off. Today, if you're a Rangers player, you're off today. Um. And then you go into practice on Monday, tomorrow, technically tomorrow, Monday. You're practicing with guys that, that that might not be there. Those guys might not be there with you playing on Tuesday. I mean, it's got to be a weird feeling. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never played professional sports, you know, but obviously. <laughs> but, you know, these guys on the bubble, it's it's just, it's it's so hard. It's got to be so hard. I, I wouldn't get be getting much sleep tonight or or this. I'd be going out partying tonight, which might be my last night here in, in New York City. So if any Rangers players are listening that, that might be on the bubble, give us a call, 877-337-6666. That's your invitation because guess what? The clubs are closing down pretty much right now. So you can give us a call there. Um, so that's what I, that's probably what I would do. I'd go out partying tonight. Sunday, uh, you know, I, then I'd get a little nervous. I wouldn't be sleeping Sunday night. I wouldn't be sleeping, you know, Monday night because I might be on the move somewhere. That's just got to be such a hard thing. But if the if the Rangers could work out a deal for Kreider, I mean, this would be the move of the century, right? You trade him for some prospects or something like that. You get something in return for him. And then, boom, next season when he becomes that, that unrestricted free agent, you say, all right, Chris, we need you back here. We're going to lock, lock you up long term. Thanks for the help. Sorry to send you off, but welcome back. Open arms, welcome back. That's a slam dunk move. That's exactly a page out of the Brian Cashman playbook. So... I would like to see that happen because then I would buy myself a Chris Kreider jersey, to be honest with you, because, you know, I have that jersey curse. Uh, I'm, I'm done buying Jets jerseys. I have, I have, I have, we already established that um, as I sit here in an Aaron Judge t-shirt. So there, there's that. Okay, so, hey, more of your calls after the break. I see you guys on hold. Hang there, and I will get to you, I promise you, um, right after the break. So 877-337-6666. There's one slot open and has your name on it. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Good morning again, everybody. We are down one hour. I, I The phone lines are jammed. So, I, I mean, I want to get back to the calls as soon as possible. Of course, I appreciate the calls, as always, every single night, especially you guys that, that call week in and week out. But I need to vent about something. I need to vent about... The, the situation that happened on my way in tonight. So, as you know or may not know, 
people have been talking about it all the time here, that there's been construction going on in front of this building, and they took away like a million parking spots. So here I am, driving in just before. <laughs> Marufo was laughing at me through the guy. I'm driving in, I have my regular spot, and it's, it's, it's not there. So I look to the other side of the street. I'm like, oh, there's a spot right there. And let me tell you something. I can get in to a postage stamp, okay? I'm that good at parallel parking because I had to do it by high school. We didn't have a uh, kid's parking lot. We just had to park on the streets. So I can get into a postage stamp, but I could not just get into this one. I was about two inches short. So I'm like, all right, let me go around the block. Well, if you go around the block, there's a crane, and that road shut down. So I had to go all the way back to the West Side Highway, Make a left at the light, wait for two light changes, and then I had to make a left and go on to Canal Street and then up again. I mean, this is ridiculous. I thought I was going to be late tonight. I really thought I was going to be late. And I was praying that that spot that I had seen the first time around was still there on one of these side streets over here. I was praying. Luckily, it was. And I'm in. I did make it on time. And McMonagall gave the Danielle's in the building thing. So <laughs> appreciate that. And hey, guys, lots of different topics around the table. We got the Astros tonight. The Yankees played their first action today, and so did the Mets. And Odell Beckham, is he a Jet? Ooh, that almost rhymed. I'm almost a poet. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pick up one call. Let's go 877-337-6666. That's your cue to call. Let's go to Tom in North Brunswick, New Jersey. You are on the fan, Tom. You know, Danielle, you and I think alike. When I uh, I was actually afraid to bring this up. Great minds, Tom. Great minds. Come on. I, t- I tell you, uh, Odell Beckham to the Jets would be a great thing. You know why? Why is that? Because Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold needs a, a superstar wide receiver. You yep. know, first of all, I think he's had a bum rap. Uh, he's not never committed a crime. I understand he slapped, you know, yeah. uh, he, he's eccentric. <laughs> he, he's a lot of the things he does makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. And all everybody always uh, gets all crazy about him. But there's one thing I know is that he can play football. He's a tremendous wide receiver. Yep. And that's exactly what the Jets need. So I think it will be a brilliant move. And um, so what they should do is they should draft, uh, try to fix the offensive line, yep. uh, maybe get an edge rusher and, and keep uh, Robbie Anderson and trade for Beckham. And they'd be ready to go next year. I really believe that. Uh, I, I know. know. I'm just not sold on Robbie Anderson. I think he could walk. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, having yeah. Odell Beckham, I think that would give you the flexibility to not even miss Robbie Anderson. I mean, that guy wouldn't even be a number three receiver on yeah. on the on the yeah. Chiefs. I mean, why why back the truck up okay. for him? You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know, but really think about it. I know that, you know it would be a firestorm on the fan. Everybody, oh my God, how'd they bring him in here? Mm-mm. He's a distraction. Guess what? Sometimes people change, you know, and, and, you know, he's not a, he, he hasn't done anything really bad. You know, I think he'd be motivated because uh, he can stick it to the Giants. And I could see him being a superstar in the Jets. I really can. And real quick on the Mets. Yeah. I think, well, there's a lot of keys, but Conforto, you know, his numbers are good. They keep going up every year. He had 92 RBI this year. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him be a little better clutch hitter, but I love him. And, uh, you know, but I just, I, when you brought that Jets thing up, you made my whole week. Thank <laughs> oh, you, Daniel. Yeah. All right. That, Tom, that's what I'm here for, making weeks. And, and Tom brought up uh, – and by the way, I'd like to talk about Conforto too. Conforto, he's a great player, and he's the Mets union leader. He's a leader in that clubhouse. He's the union rep for the Mets. He – I mean, he he's poised. This, I mean, this is going to be it for him, especially if he's batting between Alonzo and, let's say, say, Cespedes. Maybe he will pick up a bat this season, you know, Cespedes. But that's just – Conforto's going to have a big year, and I'm telling you guys that right now. 
But Tom brought up Robbie Anderson. You know, Robbie Anderson, you know what? Oh, he's going to go, blah, blah. Let him go. The Jets have the 12th best cap situation in the NFL. They got $56.3 million in projected cap cap space. And that's according to my favorite website, SpotTrack. The Giants, by the way, actually have the better cap situation than the Jets heading into next season, believe it or not. Let me ask you this if you're listening. Let me, let me ask you. Come, come close. Robbie Anderson's market value is set around $12 million a year. Doesn't mean he's going to get it, but that's, you know, the, the asking price or what the asking price is projected to be. $12 million a year. Well, Odell Beckham is under contract. This is his deal. He's going to make $14.2 million last year. Uh, next year, sorry. fourteen point two. Would you rather take Robbie Anderson, one-trick pony Robbie Anderson at $12 million a year, or Odell Beckham Jr. at $14.2 million? Well, it doesn't go up much after that. It's 15.5 pretty much averages after that for the next the, the rest of his contract. Tell me who you'd rather have, Odell Beckham Jr. or Robbie Anderson. I'm telling you right now, my choice, it's easy. I, I wouldn't even think twice. Odell Beckham Jr. is for me, for sure. For sure. He would be the automatic number one receiver on the New York Jets. Automatic. Okay? Because the Jets' best wide receiver last season, Jameson Crowder. 78 receptions, 833 yards, six touchdowns. Beckham, a down year where he split literally down the middle uh, receptions with, with Jarvis Landry last season. Still had only four less catches. He still had... 200 yards more and four touchdowns instead of six. Okay. So Crowder will be back. Imagine uh, Beckham and Crowder and Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell on the same offense. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Then the Jets need to draft an offensive lineman, a cornerback. Uh, the Jets would be in business, man. The, the Jets would be in it. Vincent, Atlanta, Georgia, you are the farthest caller for tonight. You're on the fan. What's up, The reason I called, I've been listening to WFAN for over 30 years. I never made a phone call before. Wow, I love it. I'm honored. something you said made me call. What was that? I played professional baseball for the Pirates years ago. Mm -hmm. One of my very good friends is a guy named Dusty Baker. Mm. You said if they win, you would think that might be cheating again. I will say this to you. I've known Dusty Baker since he began playing baseball. Anyone that knows that man knows he's not going to tolerate anything short of people with high character and doing the right thing. That's which is why, why they, they hired, hired him. him. That's right, which is That's why they correct. hired him. Yep. And I will say this to you also. There are several people that were in the Houston Astro organization years ago. Mm -hmm. Some of them used to work for the Yankees will be coming aboard to help as the vitriol starts to die down. Mm -hmm. They're going to try to figure out ways how they can give back for what has happened. But one thing I just, I just wanted to call and say that my friend Dusty will not win cheating, and I would love for him to win because he's never won a World Series. I know, me too. So Vincent, Vincent, before you go, let me ask you, in which ways do they, you see them giving back? You said. Well, they're going to uh, 
humility is something that has to come from them, and it has to come in action in their community, the players that are there now. Those are the things that I can't speak specifically mm-hmm. on what's going to happen. I know it's being worked on. Okay. So okay. the thing that's going on right now, I, I listen every night here from Atlanta, mm-hmm. but I'm tired of hearing all this bashing. It's, it's getting to be a little bit redundant. Well, but I hope, for baseball's sake, we can get back on and love the game that it used to be. I know it's going to be hard this year, but that's why I called my first call ever to WFAN. Oh, Vincent, I'm very honored. Really, truly. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's pretty cool. But I, listen, the, the narrative is going to be, I mean, Dusty Baker, that is why they hired Dusty Baker for his track record, all that. That's why they hired him. <laughs> really. I mean, he is total damage control. And I hope he does win. He's never won. He's been around. The, he's a lifer. I hope he does win. But what I was saying is what he was calling about. What I was saying is that the narrative among uh, around the league is going to be, oh, well, they, they cheated. They cheated. I mean, I saw a, a scrub batter today load up on a fastball, and the first thought that crossed my mind, I couldn't even help it, was like, did he know it was coming? I mean, it was almost going to be out of the ballpark, but it was pushed back because of the wind. But, I mean, that was the first thought in my mind. Did he know it was coming? I mean, that's what the the insidious thoughts, that's what's going to you know, creep into your mind. You're not even going to know. You're not going to be able to push it out of your mind. That's what I was talking about. So the narrative is going to be, well, well, you know, they must be cheating, regardless of who the manager it could be Dusty Baker. It could be anybody. That, regardless of the manager, is going to be the narrative among the Astros, and which is a shame for the game of baseball. I'd be interested to see how they're going to give back. He seemed like he had some inside knowledge there. So good luck to Dusty Baker, but not the Astros team. I'm rooting for Dusty, but not the Astros. All right, more your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. Get aboard. I'm ready. I'm waiting for you. Daniel McCartan on the fan. Welcome back, everybody, here to McCartan After Midnight on The Fan. I'm Danielle McCartan with you until 6 a.m. We are rolling three hours at 23. I mean, it's 3.23. We've been rolling for an hour and 23 minutes on the show, and the phone lines have been absolutely jammed. This is this is, this is really something. So uh, I, I appreciate it. I love it, and I, I hope you guys do. So uh, there's one line open. And like I said, it has your name all over it. So 877-337-6666. We've been talking a lot about the Astros tonight, still. We've been talking about a little bit, did a little hockey. We did a little Rangers talk. Um, there was an Islanders call on hold, but he hung up. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why, but I was ready for it. I'm inviting it. Got some baseball calls on hold. And this, this rumor of Odell Beckham to the Jets, I, may, I think it makes a million times sense. 100% sense. And we could talk about that as well. And, and just before we get into that, I wanted to give a little little shout out on, on Facebook, my, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Andy Lenane, that's how you would say that in Italian. Andy Lenane on Facebook, he says, well, Odell's going to be pretty upset because number 13 is retired on the Jets. Yes, Don Maynard, Super Bowl champ, wide receiver, Hall of Fame Don Maynard. His 13 is retired in the rafters at MetLife Stadium, of course. Maybe that's going to be a new start for Odell because, you know, he did wear number three at LSU. He did wear number three. So number three is available. I mean, it's not retired 
on the New York Jets. So maybe maybe it's a brand new start for Odell with a new number and a new color jersey where he could be the number one, the true number one, unlike he was in Cleveland. Who knows? Justin in Floral Park, you're on the fan. What's going on, Danielle? How are you? What's up, Justin? Hey, can you turn your radio down just a little bit? I hear a little echo. I don't even have the radio on. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Um, As I put away my Mike Richter jersey, (laughs) I must say this Igor Shazorkin is going to be the next Mike Richter. He's going to lead us to a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't don't know why you're saying the Rangers are making trades. The Rangers better be buyers, not sellers at the deadline. Are you kidding me? They're four points out of the playoffs with 22 games left. Why would they ever trade Fost and Kreider? Well, I'm thinking that you can – Kreider be like a Chapman kind of sort of switch. No, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. The Rangers are four points out of the playoffs. Are you kidding me? I know. Hockey, you get the hot goalie. Mm, This is not like baseball, Danielle. I understand. It's just – Danielle, you really think the Rangers are going to sell off Kreider and Fost? Not both of them. No, not both of them. Why would they sell any of them? They're four points out with 22 games left. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that I mean, that's the way they're going to go. A, you wrote a letter to the fans, which I'm a season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. You wrote a letter to us two years ago. Now you're going to sell off Kreider, who should be the next captain of the Rangers, should be signed to a five, six-year deal. You're going to trade him? Well, they can Make still do it after the season. But why? Go for the run for the cup. Yeah, and then what happens? What do you mean that one happens? You signed for five, six years. And what if you're short, you come up short? Then what? Okay, then there's still next year. Igor Shazurik is 23 years old. You're gonna go. You're gonna have a lot of kicks at the can with him mm-hmm. as, a, as a Ranger goalie. I just don't understand why you would trade Kreider. Well, that's one perspective. I don't want a first and second round pick. Oh, you don't. Okay. No. Okay. I, we have enough picks. Okay. I want to go for, for. I want to be buyers and get somebody here. Get us another defenseman. Okay. Well, that's one perspective. One defenseman. Sure. This team is one defenseman away from making a real run. I, I don't know why you don't see it. The goalie is nine and one. Yeah, I do. That I know for sure. Yeah. So you don't think the Rangers have any shot of coming out of the East, really? Uh, not when you got the Boston Bruins and the Tampa oh, Lightning please, in front of you. Boston Bruins. When was the last big game Tuukka Rask won? Can you tell me? Well, they're in the lead in the Eastern Conference. They got ninety it doesn't points. Doesn't matter. I mean, the, the many, Rangers many, are, have how seventy. Points did, how many points did Tampa Bay have last year? Last year, well, who cares about last year? They have eighty-five this year. They had one hundred and twenty points last year, and Columbus beat them in the first round. Danielle, this is not like baseball. For ones versus eights. There's always upsets. Oh, I'll give you that. I mean, so I mean, but, anyone that doesn't think the Rangers can make a run doesn't know hockey. I'm sorry, they really don't. Because if the Rangers get in the playoffs, they're going to be a very dangerous team. Very dangerous. When you got Zabatajad, when you got Panarin, you got Kreider. Are you kidding me? That's three. That's three guys that scored over thirty goals. Right. So I just don't see it. I don't know why people talk about Rangers being sellers. Rangers should be buyers. Well, that that's that surely is one perspective. And, and, and JD's been very quiet, as has this guy Gordon. I, I don't know what their game plan is, but honestly, they, they wrote me a letter three years ago, which I, I respected. Mm-hmm. If anything, the person that should be gone is Lundquist. I love Lundquist, but they should trade him and try to get him a cup. Trade him to Colorado, trade him to wherever. But, the but he doesn't should... want to do it, though. He, he doesn't want to yeah, go. That's the thing. I think he does want to go, because I've heard conflicting reports that he does want to go because he's sick of not playing. He hasn't played in two weeks. Well, they're doing the that team on purpose. Well, I mean, that I mean that was by design, don't you think? Well, Igor's the Igor's the new is the new uh, you know hot toy. Yeah, well, well, exactly, exactly right. I mean, I mean, honestly, the why is Lundqvist here? The other guys even even is better than Lundqvist, Georgiev. Yeah, I think they, so they, try, they I think they, yeah, Gorgiev, I, I think they tried getting rid of Gorgiev and keeping. Yeah, both. nobody wants him. That's right. Yep. That's the problem. I would just I would trade Hank to Boston or not Boston to Colorado or uh, I don't know. There was another team. I think even Columbus. Let Tortorella have him back. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, this is this yeah. is a very interesting trade deadline. But for I honestly think for sure. the Rangers got to be buyers. I really do.
In conclusion, Justin, the All floor right. we, we, we shall see. We shall see on Monday. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll talk next week. All we'll right. see what Have happens. Good night. Thanks. Justin in Floral Park, he's got another perspective that the Rangers should be buyers, not sellers. Yeah. But I'm looking at uh, the, the points. They're at 70. They have 70 points. And that's good for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Tied for 10th with the Florida Panthers. I mean, I don't know. Kevin and Camden, you're on the fan. Hey, Daniel. How are you? What's up, Kevin? I'm good. I want to talk about the uh, playoff format. I thought I was going to call you about this. Which one, um, the MLB or the NFL? The, the, the MLB. Oh, okay. Um, I don't like it because I really I thought about it. And I'm like, okay. The, so you get more playoff teams, which that's the part I don't mind. But what I, what I do mind is the – if you're like the, the top seed reportedly, you get to pick who you want to play. Right. And I'm saying, okay, that's not – like I don't like that because like let's just say – Hypothetically, the Yankees make it, which they 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 they're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. It's not even a debate. Now, let's just say they pick. I'm just saying for like a wild card team, possibly like the Orioles, if they make it somehow. Well, and Kevin, saying, Kevin, let's go with, with it for last season, right? Astros would have been the number one seed. Okay, then you right. got the Twins, the Yankees in this order: Yankees, Twins, A's. They would have hosted the wild card game series. Now, the Yankees would have been able to choose between the Rays, the Indians, or the Red Sox last season as their opponent. Mm. That's that you know, that's what would instead of the hypothetical, but here's what here's what last year would have happened. Do they pick the Rays? Do they pick the Indians or do they pick the Red Sox? Right. And then if they would have picked either one, like the if, if they would have picked the uh the Rays, it would have been oh because why why do you pick us? Because you think we stink? Like that's what I'm thinking. Like if you pick somebody, it's because you think you can win, which I think it's eh, because you want to I like the unpredictability of it. I mm-hmm. like the unpredictability of who you're facing because if you pick somebody who you know you're gonna win, I mean, for me, what's the fun in that? Yeah, it's a fan watching it. What's the fun? So. That's yeah, that's definitely the one thing that I that I hate about this new playoff structure, and, and we could talk more about it. But that, I mean, that's just too gimmicky. It's like it's gonna be live. They're gonna televise it live. Like oh, it's come like on. like a, like a TV show, like the Kardashians. <laughs> just I'm like I and I, I don't like the Kardashians. Me neither. I, I, I mean, you were together on that. But here's the other thing too. It's like. Okay, you and I, we're baseball fans. That's not, yes. we don't like that because it's not true to the game. But I think what they're doing is they're trying to get new fans interested in it, you know, to watch the playoffs. But that's not how you do it. That's not going to interest someone that's not already not interested in baseball. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And real quick about Wheeler, I, I do agree with what you said last week about Zach wanting to stay. I think he should still be here. Mm-hmm. I'm still mad about Van Wagen and doing it. But I, the one thing I disagree with, is that he shouldn't be doing this on social media, though. I mean, it's a little childish, I think, a little bit, but... I know, but I think he... I think, honestly, I really think his feelings are hurt. I know this is a business... No, I don't blame him. Because he, he circled back to the Mets before... I know he did. Yeah. yeah. He wanted he wanted to be part of the Mets. He wanted them to offer him, like, okay, all right, final offer, take it or leave it. He wanted that, but... Well, I, I, I wanted him here, too, but, you know, it's just whatever happens. It's just the Mets, they do Mets things. And I said, but, you know... It's, We'll see what happens, but all right. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, Kevin, always, always good call. And and by the way, speaking of the NL side, guys, the Mets would have made the playoffs, you know, in that hypothetical, not really hypothetical situation. If this was instituted in last year, this system, the Mets would have made the playoffs as the sixth seed in the NL. And the other seed, the seventh seed, would have gone to the Diamondbacks in Arizona. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. 
I don't know, because the proposal is this. If, if you're if you want me to catch you up really quickly, the proposal is this. I mean, this new playoff structure, it could go, they're saying in effect as soon as the twenty twenty two season. So there's a, a couple aspects to this that I like. What Kevin just brought up is what I don't like. I don't like how we're going to have a selection Sunday, if you will, where a baseball team is going to get to pick its opponent. I mean, like I, like I just said, true baseball fans don't like it, and it's not going to get anybody else involved in it. So the first thing, the number of playoff teams increases from five to seven in each league. For that, give it a check mark. I like it. Yes, also is finally somebody was listening that the wild card, it's no longer a one-game playoff. It's a three-game series. Finally. I've been saying that for how many since it changed. The wild card series should be a three-game series. What? Name me one series in the MLB regular season that lasts for one game. There isn't one. That's why it's important that this needs to be a three-game series. It's like I liken it to a classroom. If you're used to doing something one way all season long from, from, from let's say, April through October, through April through September, you're doing it one way. And then the teacher in, in October and November gives you a test a different way. You're not going to do too well on that test. It's just too much pressure. It's not true to the game of baseball. The one-game playoff expanding to a three-game series is a resounding yes from me. Also a yes for me, the MLB would also eliminate any 163rd-game tiebreakers. Yes, again, that goes with the same one-game you know, playoff series ideal. So they're going to get rid of that one-game tiebreaker, and then instead what they're going to use is use the season series between the clubs to break any ties. Well, then, that's incentive to uh, to win some games, right? Versus your 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 opponents throughout the season, right? You're not going to have any uh, what do they call it in the NBA rest days or whatever. None of that. Good, but increasing the total number of teams from five to seven, expanding from a one game playoff to a three game series, and eliminating that 163rd game. It's kind of where it stops for me. The rest of the proposal is pretty gimmicky. Doesn't do anything, like I said, for current fans of baseball. And it sure won't bring in those fringe fans. What's the difference if you're playing a five-seed or a seven-seed if you're the number two-seed? Does it really matter? Come on. I just And then you saw D.D. Gregorius. He wrote, why are we changing this lovable sport so much on Twitter? And then Trevor Bauer, he's, I mean... He tweets almost as much as our president does. He says, no idea who made this playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it. So I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. I think that's all reactionary to that selection Sunday sort of thing because I think the rest of it is pretty good. Increase the teams, three-game wild card, and and out. Season series to break any ties. Those are all good parts. But that's where it stops. Forget that selection Sunday. Okay. Uh, So we're going to take a very, very quick break. If you're on hold, please, I will get to you. I promise you. I always do. Every tweet, every message, everything. So um, hang there. 
Uh, and we'll we'll talk more sports after the break about every single thing. We got a litany of things on hold, so we will we will do it all on McCartan after midnight on the fan. Listen to Yankees baseball today at twelve fifty five as the Bombers head over to Port Charlotte to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Join Susan Waldman and me, John Sterling, for all the play by play here only on your flagship station for Yankees talk, tickets, and games. The Fan Sports Radio one zero one nine FM. Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Welcome back, everybody. This is the the classic Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga. She's a very prominent Italian-American Lady Gaga, and she does a great job. If you ever seen her show live, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. I mean, she plays a piano with her feet at times. I'm telling you, it's a good show. Even if you're like a Fringe fan, you, you need to go because you'll be converted to a real fan. I'm, I promise you. We've got a, a, a brawl happening on my Twitter page, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Uh, the B-Man 11 says, OBJ to the Jets with Kill Giant fans. Love it. Super Sound 70s says, not really. We wouldn't mind watching OBJ destroy the Jets' locker room. Then the real Kevin Wingen joins in, and he says a, a gif of, of Lil Wayne that says, young moolah baby. Obviously, re- re- uh, regarding the interview, um, that Odell Beckham did with with uh, Lil Wayne. So I wrote back to both, all of them, and I wrote Little Wayne who, and I did Eli Manning gif slapping his own hand. I think I'm pretty funny. I thought that was pretty masterful. Here we are, February radio. We've got the Yankees in action today, the Mets in action today. We had a boxing match tonight, and we have these rumors of Odell Beckham to the Jets. We've got a new proposal for an MLB playoff structure, an NFL playoff structure. I mean, we've got a ton of stuff to cover, and it's just kind of like a grab bag. You know, when you're a kid, you just go, like, you, you put your hand in the bag and just take something out? Well, that's about what I'm going about to do with the calls right here, and they are full again. Wow, this is amazing. This is really, this is cool. All right, so let me take one, and then that will open up another one. So get on the phone, 877-337-6666. Chris has been waiting on hold the, the longest out of the five of you guys. So Chris in Forest Hills, you're on the fan. Hi, Hi, Danielle. I'm on the edge of glory when I'm talking to Danielle on the fan. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a Lady uh, Gaga reference. I love it. You leave yeah, me you speechless. Got you got it. How's that one? Um, all right. Miracle on Ice. Forty years ago, yeah. I was coming out of seeing the movie 1941, which was Steven Spielberg's all-time worst movie. <laughs> okay. And people were talking about it. And the caller from uh, Rye was right. It was on tape delay because the Soviets had... Uh, beaten the U.S. 10-3 at Madison Square Garden a few weeks ago, and they didn't want a repeat of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, people forget that the Islanders play the Rangers that night at the Garden, and the game was like slap shot without the laughs. There were like uh, 200 penalty minutes or something like that, oh, and everyone was saying, why can't they play like these guys? <laughs> um, just a, a word briefly on Lundquist. I'll tell you, there's one place where he's needed right now, and that's uh, Carolina. I don't know if you heard what happened in the Toronto-Carolina game tonight. The guy, the it's third hilarious. goalie? The Zambon- the, the yeah, the Zamboni, Zamboni driver. driver. That was they awesome. Brought, brought the, they, and the crowd was cheering him. Yeah, and that, that is my that, favorite that, rule of hockey. That is my favorite rule. Is, the emergency goalie. Two years ago. Yeah. It, the Chicago, it was, it was an accountant. Uh-huh. I love that. Um, i got to bring my pads to the next game I go to, just in case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Briefly on Altuve, I'm mm-hmm. a Milwaukee Brewers fan, and we had to suffer when um, Ryan Braun won the MVP and not only cheated, mm-hmm. but told the stupidest lie about um, 
FedEx getting the drug sample wrong or something like that. that. And uh-huh. and he is still booed and deserves to be. Um, and uh, But he'll never make the Hall of Fame. But I know one thing, when he puts the Brewer's shirt on, he gives it all he's got. It doesn't really get him redemption. But if Altuve, and I love Altuve, loved Altuve because last Mets homestand, 2014, meaningless game, I wanted to see the guy who was 5'5 and hitting 350. Me too. And um, uh, that was very disillusioning. But uh, I think if Altuve can tough it out, um, uh, I can't say I'll, I'll forgive, but uh, I'll, I'll remember him fondly. Uh, Chris, and thanks for the call. I, 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 like, I liked the story of o- Jose Altuve. I loved the story of him trying out for the league, getting rejected, coming right back, you know, never giving up. I mean, it was a, gr- it was a great story. But for me... For me, it's a little tainted. I got to say, for me, it's tainted. I can't, I can't root for him anymore, knowing that he knowingly did what he did. He knowingly did what he did. And then, did you hear the, that he got a tattoo in in San Francisco? He he said in October it was unfinished. You know, playoff time. It was an unfinished tattoo. He didn't want to expose. But he had it. It, it was the, when they played the San Francisco 49ers, It was literally Forty uh, ers The San Francisco Giants. It was literally. Months, months before that. There's no way that tattoo went unfinished for all those months. I mean, so to compound it, which we know is, you said about the Ryan Braun lie, that's another lie. Do you think we're all idiots that you would leave a tattoo unfinished for so long? Come on. So in conclusion, I I can't really get behind Jose Altuve anymore. Because then the other thought of mine is, well, you know, how long has he been cheating for? What else has he been doing? I mean, these are just these insidious, insidious thoughts that, that are in my mind. How does a guy with that stature hit so, hit so well? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. For me, there's always going to be an ulterior motive, an ulterior story for a guy like Jose Altuve and, and the rest of them, Correa and Springer and all of them. And I like Springer, too. He was the one with the lisp. He overcame the lisp, and he was doing work with kids with that. It's just, it's just, I, I can't. Ricky, in the village, you're on, you're on the fan. What's up? Hey, what up, homegirl? <laughs> what, what up, home slice? <laughs> uh huh. Listen, uh, this Odell Beckham thing. Yeah. I admit it would be like spectacular for him to come and play for the Jets, but I think you would have to take someone like Joe Namath to pull him aside and be like, listen. Young Buck, you have an opportunity to be a hero here, but you got to act right. You think that would help? I don't think that would help. <laughs> I don't think it would help, honestly. Really? Because guys like that, they do it. They, they're on top of the world. They're invincible. They're making fifteen million dollars a year. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not buying it. I mean, I would love to see it. Honestly, I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. But okay. I mean, Joe That's Namath enjoyed it while he was here. Come on. Wow. As far as I know. (laughs) Listen, I enjoy you. Keep doing it. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate it. Appreciate you picking up the phone, too. Um, Odell Beckham to the Jets. I mean, let's let's not put the card before the horse here. The source said, the source that, that, that Sports Illustrated had said that his understanding that Beckham isn't actively seeking a move from Cleveland. Just Odell would just love a return to New York. But the Jets are a borderline playoff team in 2020. Definitely with a better shot at making the playoffs than the Browns. 
Both teams don't have that stability, though, in the upper levels of the management and the coaching staff. In fact, in my opinion, Adam Guru, as you know, didn't deserve to board the plane back from Miami last season. Certainly not from that Cincinnati game. Not how, sure how he boarded that flight either. In any event, I hope that Adam Guru finds a job elsewhere in 2020, but you already knew that. Because why, why is that important? Because we talked about it on here real quick. With, with, with an offensive makeup, with an Odell Beckham Jr. and a Jarvis Landry, adding a Baker Mayfield, that was a recipe for disaster. I mean, in fact, it was. I mean, the Browns finished 6-10, and third in the AFC North, only in front of the 2-14 the and 14 Bengals. And they're all stars in their own right. But if they can't play harmoniously together, then that's it. If you ever put it on a team, if you ever coach a team, you know that. It's not going to work. The organic makeup of a team is so important. And in my opinion, that's why role players are important, to make things run pretty smoothly. And it wasn't clear what the roles were, Beckham and Landry. What were they filling? They almost had exactly the same amount of targets, almost had exactly the same percentage of catch rate. Who was the wide receiver one? It wasn't clear-cut, and it seems like they don't like it. And neither of them is willing to be a number two. So it's, you know, Odell Beckham is not a free agent. It would have to be by by way of trade. And what should or could the Jets give up to get that mercurial wide receiver? They surely can pay him. They have the cap space. You've seen the Fox Sports report. Jay Glazer, Odell told teams throughout the league, come get me. Does that hurt his trade value? It shouldn't. He's under contract and that's it. But it will. Because a disgruntled Odell Beckham could wreak or would wreak and can wreak havoc on that locker room. We know that around these parts. R.E., that little, little Wayne Interview that we just mentioned on Twitter. Let's head back to the phone. Rob in Connecticut, you're on the fan. What's up, Rob? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I got a potpourri of subjects here if there's time. Uh, The Olympic Olympic hockey team, uh, Rangers and Jets, can real quick. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I was alive (laughs) when the 1980 game was played. Not unfortunately. Come on. I saw it live, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. it, it makes me old. So, and, uh, you know, unfortunately nobody told me what the score was. Cause like everybody said, it was on tape delay. So yeah. I didn't know what the score was going into watching the game that night at eight o'clock of that night or whatever it was, something like that. So, uh, but to me, I mean, it, it was probably the most significant sporting event in my lifetime. I mean, just, I mean, just looking at what led up to that game. I mean, you know, there was a, the Iranian hostage crisis. Right. The Soviets had invaded Afghanistan. So President Carter already told the Soviets that we weren't going to be going to the Summer Olympics that year, which were being held in Moscow. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was just so much stuff going on. And, you know, the whole Cold War thing. So, I mean, the, the country was looking for something to cheer about. And, and they and for delivered, a, a for sure. Of, yeah, a group of 22-year-old kids to play against basically the best players that Russia had to offer. They were basically professionals. I mean, some of those guys, like the first line skated together for like nine years together or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they had Tradiak, who was probably the best goaltender in the world at the time. And, you know, for these kids, you know, to beat them was probably, like I said, probably the biggest sporting upset that I've seen in my lifetime. And, 
and it's how it just brought the country together. I mean, it was just, you know, so one of those memorable things that I'll never forget. I mean, it's kind of like the moon landing or something, you yeah, know, it's things a great that I'll story. never forget. All right, so, so your Jets point. So, uh, well, we'll do the Rangers quick. Uh, I agree that uh, Lundquist, I hope he'll take a trade somewhere because I'm a Bruin fan. And I remember Ray Bork was one of the greatest defensemen that ever played a game, played with the Bruins for like 21 years. And the Bruins were in the same situation. They had a young team. They weren't going to make the playoffs. And he had accomplished everything. He had been to a couple cup finals, but had never won one. Mm-hmm. So Harry Sinden, the general manager of the Bruins, traded him to Colorado Avalanche. And like a year later, he won his first cup. And as a matter of fact, he even brought the cup back to Boston to share it with the, you know, cool. all the Bruin fans and stuff, I think. Cool. That's how much he appreciated that. Rob, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to cut you off, but I have. We have about sixty seconds. Okay, uh, if you want, if you want to get rid of Kreider, we'll take him. Those Bruins will take him. <laughs> I'm you sure know, he would. played at Boston College. He's a Massachusetts kid. Yep. You know who do you want? You want Jake DeBrusque? We'll, we'll send you that. And quick uh, <laughs> with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, come on, no, I can't agree disagree with you more about OBJ. I mean, that, that guy will rip the chemistry apart that at that team, and also he's not the Adam Gase kind of player. I mean, well, he's, he's certainly you know, not Adam Gase. You don't need his problem. All right, you take care, Daniel. All right. and great Rob, show. Thanks, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, what chemistry inside that locker room? You got players tweeting that Adam Guru is putting their fines on big screen TVs. I mean, I mean, come on. You got Jamal Adams pouting that he, he's going to be traded, and then he ends up not getting traded. Doesn't talk to Adam Guru for an entire week or the GM. Um, you, you got you, I don't know, you just. I don't think there's much chemistry in that locker room to begin with, and that stems from Adam Guru, and I would prefer that that guy is gone before uh, any of the players, including Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) He's continuing to ostracize Le'Veon Bell, the best or one of the best running backs in the league, if he knew how to use him. So uh, while I appreciate that call, I'm going to disagree, and I hate to do that and cut you off. I want to talk more about that, but we have to hit the break. So you guys on hold, stay there. I promise you I'll get back to you. Okay, that's it. we got to hit the break. I'm Daniel McCartan after midnight on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. Back with you at 4.06 in the morning. We are, this is the halfway there. We're at the halfway point here. Well, Carton After Midnight with you guys on the fan. And this is just one of those nights where this is, I've, I've been on with you guys where every single call on hold has been Astros, Astros, Astros. Five times I see the word Astros on here. When I look over, we've got literally a different topic for every single phone call. So that I kind of like. I kind of like that. However, there is no real continuity, um, you know, with, with coming back from a commercial. Like, well, what do you talk about? Because, you know, when you go to the, the call... It's going to be something different than what you just talked about. So let's just give a little hodgepodge here. Uh, we've got the fight on deck. We've got a couple calls about Odell Beckham Jr. possibly playing with the Jets. We've got some Astros calls. We've got some Rangers calls, the third one of the night. So, guys, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what to say here other than, I mean, this is kind of, you know, quote-unquote lazy to do, but, I mean, we'll get right back to the phones. They are full. You guys have been waiting a long time, and I appreciate that at 4.07 in the morning. So if uh, when I click this, you guys, there will be one that will be open. That's going to be for you. That's 877-337-6666. Has your name on it. Let's go. Ben in Queens. You've been on the hold the longest. Morning. Morning there, Coach. How are you, Ben? As promised, made it from the Wilder Fury fight. All right. At around 3.34 o'clock, I'm here. 
And now, let's do this. Four things, no Astros involvement at all. First thing, Wilder Fury. Uh, a dude sitting next to me called it in the third round. Went, he hit him so hard that I won't be surprised if he didn't damage his eardrum. Yeah, I'm actually watching punch. it right now. Yep. And then the mm-hmm. fourth round is when I, uh, I, I saw the blood gushing, Yep. and I, I just gave that dude a pound because he called it before anybody else. He called it before H, uh, the ESPN uh, pay-per-view guys put video on it. Wow. And so, so I give him credit. Uh, literally, I had Wilder winning the first round. Fury won all the other rounds. And that was before the injury happened. And when the injury happened, it was over. And, and he may be mad at his corner now, but that, A, possibly saved his hearing. B, definitely saved his ability to fight again. Right. Secondly, well, I remember people joking about the, with the Yanks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, with powerhouse team. We, you know what? We could get rid of Hap. We don't need Hap. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We need Hap. Oh, yeah. Two times <laughs> you know, over. <laughs> that, that, that's how baseball works, folks. You know, you, you're thinking, oh, we're good. Powerhouse team, we're good. Yeah. Two injuries, back-to-back, like, yeah, we're not good anymore. <laughs> Go like, like we're, we're going to need the insurance. If I could get in, if I could have 15 viable starters to start a year, I would have 15 viable starters to start a year. No, you can never have that, uh, uh, too much starting pitching, for uh, sure. Third point, uh, Rangers connected with what, uh, what, uh, what happened in Carolina. What happened in Carolina that, or, or what happened in Toronto, actually, for Carolina. Mm-hmm. The dude's name is David Ayers. Here's the thing. He's the Zamboni driver for Toronto in that building. <laughs> so as the emergency third goalie, when that happened, he gets called on. He's playing against a team that he knows. <laughs> they know him. Come in on. Between, he gave up on the first two shots, gave up two goals. <laughs> Would you turn down that opportunity, though? You wouldn't. No, no, no of course not. You're, you're playing in the big time. He <laughs> made the eight say the dude is going to be a legend. I'm sure they're already selling uh, his T-shirt, actually, in uh, the official but, team shop. But as I say that, this is where that Ranger fan a couple segments ago, dude, you can't predict it. I remember when the Rangers had the President's Trophy or were second in running for that powerhouse team and we got picked off. You never know. You never know. Uh, it's great that you're going to be like, yeah, we can make a run for the cup. You don't know. <laughs> Here's a guy that literally was driving the Zamboni after the first <laughs> intermission, had to come in and, <laughs> and play against the team that hired him. <laughs> anyway, and won. What, what were the odds of that? Anyway, but that's hockey. That's why hockey, I love hockey, because it's the one sport where the unexpected always happens. Yeah, I know. You're right about that. Of, and lastly, I'll leave with this. Guardians play later on today, mm-hmm. but we had the best XFL game of the season so far in that, in that Houston game. That Houston-Tampa game, you know what? That, that was great fun. That's, that's the type of game right there where you sell the league because that was a wild game from beginning to end. Both teams left it all out on the field there. Daniel, once again, thanks for the time. And like I said, no mention of that team that shall not be named or that league. That, that that has an inept uh, commissioner at the moment. Thanks for the <laughs> well, time, Coach. Enjoy. Ben, I appreciate that. And Ben always calls in about about the New York Guardians and the XFL. So 
you know, for those of you curious, the Guardians, after last week's meltdown by their quarterback, they are 10-point underdogs uh, this week versus the St. Louis, the team from St. Louis, St. Louis Battlehawks. And by the way, here's a quick little anecdote. The Battlehawks are playing in their first, um, you know, their first home game, their, their home opener, believe it or not, in week three here. And, of course, the Guardians have to walk into that. Be- but it's it's important because since the the Rams left, and, and people from St. Louis did not want the Rams to leave, but since the Rams left, that building has been, you know, pretty much just a hockey building. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that building has been pretty much, you know, I don't know, like not used, like really. So they have hockey, as what I was just saying. They have hockey as their 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 number one sport there, and the Blues are good. They're really good. But when I was in, I went to go to cross off Bush Stadium in St. Louis off my off my list. You know, I asked I asked the Uber driver. I said, so like, you know, we were driving by it, I, the, the Superdome, and I said, hey, you guys like really miss the Rams? He goes, oh yeah, we definitely miss the Rams. So this is going to be, a, in my opinion, this is going to you're going to watch a raucous crowd there that is finally excited to have football back in St. Louis. And unfortunately for all of us in this New York area, because we have one team, the Guardians, fortunately for all of us, it, that's what they're going to be walking into. Um, and uh, kickoff is three o'clock. In case you're wondering, three o'clock on what is it? TV channel is ESPN. All right, back to the phones. Jeff in Fairview, you're on a fan. What's up, modern woman? <laughs> What's up, Jeff? Better than a home girl, right? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I want the hat trick if you could give it to me. Kreider, Becker, and the Astros. First, right, um, Kreider. Kreider, go. All right. Kid trading. They stop all the momentum, you know? We've got a, you know, 10 of the last 13. This could be a, a historic run to the playoffs. And I'm saying to the Stanley Cup. I mean, it'd be great that Rangers make the, the, the playoffs, they're coming out of nowhere. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't trade them. Got to keep them. Okay. Beckham, there's three good things. Uh, I mean, I know he's not, but there's three good things that will be for the Jets if you if you uh, take them. And I know Beningo and JJ uh, said they're definitely uh, against it, but I'm going to go with three good things. I'm First of all, yeah, go ahead. He's going to want to stick it to the Giants. He's going to open up the passing game, and he's going to open up the running game. Yep. So, you know, there you the go. guy is good. Yeah, the guy is good. He is not just good, he's great, actually, talented-wise. Yeah. I mean, life's a gamble, you know? Mm-hmm. And now, I, I wish Rex was there, because I know Rex could handle him, but I don't know about, you know, the guru. Oh, yeah, Adam Guru oh. cannot handle him, but, you know. Yeah, I know. That's why you got to get a player, maybe Jamal Adams or Mobley could, like, Take this guy aside and listen. Yeah. This is your third chance. This might be your last chance. Just shut up already. Now, Yeah, and a caller Astros. before suggested Joe Namath do the job, but I, you know, yeah, I, I nah, think that'll fall nah. onto deaf ears. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you think the Astros are going to have the nerve to cheat again? No way. I mean, I mean, not with cameras anyway. you got to run around second, you know, saying, oh, it's going to draw fast. That's gamemanship. Sure. No way. No way the Astros are going to cheat again. I mean, if they get caught, they're going to be banned, you know, and Manfred, will they, he's terrible. But, but will they, though? I mean, they they haven't had any punishment inflicted upon them. Yeah, but Manfred, yeah, that's where the commissioner comes that's in. That's where the should, he says, should be coming in. You, if you cheat one more time, you know, you're going to get a big suspension. 
and possibly be banned for life, you know. Which should have been the first time around, but, you know, yeah. here we are. Yeah, yeah, that was his mistake right there. He's a terrible, yep. terrible commissioner. He should have held the players accountable also. Yep, I agree. All right. All right, Jeff. Well, well thanks All for the right. call. I appreciate that, Jeff. Let's go to James real quick on Long Island. You're on the fan. Good morning, Danielle. What's up, James? James from Long Island City. Oh, Long Island City. Uh, okay, I didn't say that. Okay. The reason I'm up so early is because I'm running for Congress, so I have a 6 o'clock appointment this morning. But I want to talk about uh, Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Now, in the old days, the heavyweight champion of the world was, like, second to the president of importance, uh, <laughs> perhaps in the world. You know, under the days of Jack Dempsey or uh, Rocky Marciano or Joe Lewis. Mm-hmm. And here... Um, you know, the results of the fight came about three minutes after the, the Met exhibition game. Now, I love my Mets, but, you know, there's a pretty... Oh, no. Oh, we lost him. Oh, we lost him. All right, James, sorry, I got to drop you when there. The oh, oh, you're back. You're here. The tinkers, and apparently his father was the bare-knuckle champ of, um, of Ireland, you know, in this little group. Now I'm an Irishman from Derry. I don't. I came here very early, so you can't hear an accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's a fascinating win, and uh, you know, he's the man who beat the man. He beat Klitschko, so he's the heavyweight champ. I don't care what uh, these other pretenders, you know, <laughs> WBC, WBA. Yeah. But uh, so I'm going to watch the fight later, and uh, it sounded like an interesting fight. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, James. It, you know, to, to watch it live. You gotta shell out. You gotta shell out eighty dollars to watch it live, and it could be over in, in you know the main event could be over in, in, in two seconds. So that's why I I just wait and I'm I watched the the punch that broke his eardrum. Um, I I watched it all on Twitter. You know, you wait you, if you're just patient enough to wait an hour or two or three at this point, then you get you get the whole essence of the fight without having to pay the money. And for me, as it, like a real casual. Real, real, real casual boxing fan. I mean, that's enough for me. I don't need to see it live. I, I could watch it on tape delay, like this Miracle on Ice, and 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 uh, I'd be okay with that. Pierce, if you keep it quick, I'll get you now. Pierce in Long Island, you're on the fan. What's going on? What's up? I want to say, um, I totally agree with you that the Rangers should, should sell. I think Kreider, I I love him, but like, this is he's streaky. I don't. I don't trust him. I would trade him. Got to pick a prospect. And everyone's saying trade Lundqvist. He one. I he shouldn't leave. He's a Ranger. And two, who's taking that contract? Well, I think Gorgiev should be traded because he's young. He's good. I wish we could trade him to Toronto, but they already got the guy. But I just want. I just, I just agree with you that the Rangers should sell. I I think they're too young. Like maybe next year. Like I think they should wait. This is like a little too early. Oh, you want if if they do trade Kreider, you want him back again next year? Um, in free agency? Uh, I don't know. We you know we got to pay D'Angelo. A lot of guys are going to mm-hmm. get paid. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them than Kreider, honestly. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's one opinion, I, and I know that's going to explode the phone call, the phone lines here, Pierce. And I appreciate <laughs> the call. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, it's just there's you know conflicting. The Rangers are they're they're just about a playoff team, but they're not totally a playoff team. So what do you do? Are you buyers or are you sellers? I mean, that's the question, the age-old question with every trade deadline in every single sport. 
If you're a borderline team, what exactly do you do? And Rangers fans, as you've seen tonight, the calls we've gotten tonight so far, they have been conflicted. They, they, some want to sell Kreider. Some want to keep him. Some want to get rid of Lundqvist. Some want to keep him. I mean, I don't know. But the fact is that, you know, the Rangers have done a pretty good job on this rebuild thing since that letter they sent years ago. So you have to have a little trust in the upper management, unlike some other teams here in New York. <laughs> um, hey, more calls after the break. This is not going to be a long break. This is just an update with Marco. And uh, we'll get back right back to the calls after that. So, Marco, there you go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here at 422. And we are we are buzzing on these phone lines here. This is great. This is great. Hey, and you guys are, this this conversation on Twitter is is really, the secondary conversation on Twitter is almost as good as the conversations on the phone lines here. So if you want to get aboard and, get, and chime in on any of those threads going on on my Twitter page, it's at uh, Coach. M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I just had a, at Supersound 70s sent me a, a, you know, a very rudimentary Photoshop, but you guys remember the Keyshawn Johnson Just Give Me the Damn Ball uh, book that he came out with? The Complete and Unauthorized Story, The Fast Times and Hard Knocks of an NFL Rookie, and it's Keyshawn Johnson on the cover. Well, he has Photoshopped Odell Beckham's face on the cover, Just Give Me the Damn Ball, Odell Beckham. And that's one of the topics we've been hitting on tonight in this grab bag full of things is Odell Beckham, the possibility of him wearing a green New York Jets jersey or white or black New York Jets jersey next season. I'm down for it. I am, I mean, the Jets have needed that true number one wide receiver for so long, so long. He would be their best offensive player immediately. He is one of the most fan favorite except if you're a Giant fan or probably a Browns fan at this point, player across the league. I mean, his when Odell Beckham was with the Giants, his blue and white number 13 was atop the NFL highest jersey sales for dozens, dozens of times. Each month, month in, month out, they go by month on NFLshop.com. He's, a, he's known worldwide. I mean, his blue and white 13 was the top-selling jersey in Norway, Sweden, Norway, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. And the Jets, well, you know, they're known for that quick ticket grab. R.E. cashing in on Tebow mania after Mark Sanchez has just brought them to two AFC championship games. Uh-huh. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. And, of course, at 27 years of age, he's a major prime-time threat on the field. I am so behind Odell Beckham co- coming to the Jets, you know, provided with by the fact that and this is always – Always, you should always just assume that I, I'm going to say this next, that Adam Guru knows how to use him. Because uh, his track record, especially with Jarvis Landry Landry in, in Miami, let's just say, wasn't too good. Okay, we got one spot open on the, on, on the lines. 877-337-6666 has your name on it. In the meantime, let's head to North Babylon. Joe, you're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? What up, Joe? Uh, I actually, I found you tonight on Twitter, so I want to say your Twitter game is... Uh, it's quite strong. All right, A so, plus. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, with this OBG, uh, OBJ thing, yeah, he hasn't been an elite receiver in four years now. I mean, you're making him out to be a star. He hasn't been a star since 2015. Yeah, he was horrible last year. Well, horrible. He had a horrible quarterback last year, and he split uh, time with Jarvis Landry, fifty fifty on on snap count uh, on receptions. By the way, I, I understand that. The very good point. And he but, still put over a thousand yards last year. Yeah, but if the Giants traded him last year, 
Darius Slayton, who was a, I believe, a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick, mm-hmm. Love him. schooled him in sets. I mean, totally smoked him. But who's throwing him the ball? That's the thing. Who's throwing so him now the ball? So now Daniel Jones is better than the number one overall pick? Baker Mayfield. If you're looking, if I'm trying to make a team, and, I, and now, uh, well, let's do that draft. Say they're in the same draft class: Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones. I'm, I'm taking pick, Daniel I'm, Jones. So am I. So there yeah. you go. That answers your own question. Okay, but you may, you know, with the Jets, he would be a total. And I'm not going to curse any show. Of yeah, course, don't because I'm going to have to dump you. <laughs> you know, uh, blank show. Yeah, that that's what he would be. It would be a. It would be horrible, and I hate the Jets. I I don't even want to see that happen because it would be horrible. Adam Gase doesn't know how to manage anybody that has a a strong opinion. That's a thing. Oh, I agree with you. He's horrible. He's He's horrible. He needs to go. He's a joke, right? He needs to go. Yeah. So, but uh, listen, it was it's been great uh, talking to you, and it's been a great listen. It's the first time I ever uh, listened to you, and I hope uh, to listen to you in the future. Well, Joe, thanks. This is uh, this is my time slot. This is it. This is my regular time slot. Two to six a.m. Saturday night into Sunday. So catch me every week here at that time. Uh, but see, that's the thing. You know, Odell Beckham had, you know, he injuries, of course. and and But he, regardless of literally splitting the number of catches with Jarvis Landry right down the middle, over 1,000 yards last year, with, with Baker Mayfield, who, you know, if you're picking again, is it going to be Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones? Let's just say they were in the same draft class. Of course you're picking. I, I'm picking Daniel Jones. Baker Mayfield, overhyped. Can't back it up. You know, all right, so let's talk about some cons. Maybe Sam Darnold. But that's a pro and a con for me because, you know, Sam Darnold has that laid-back California dude personality. He's still growing into his own. Does he really need Odell Beckham telling him how to do his job? I mean, how talented, though, would Beckham be? It would open up the entire field for Sam Darnold. The other thing is, would Beckham be the final piece of the Jets winning the AFC East? No, he wouldn't. He would not be that final piece. The Jets need a cornerback. They need an offensive line upgrade. And they need a legit terrorizing pass rusher because Quentin Williams isn't it. Leonard Williams wasn't it. And all of those, in my opinion, are those premium positions. So I think the money could be spent at one of those other crucial positions. But, hey, like I said, you don't give up on talent. So there you go. At 27, though, he's coming off his worst season. I get it. But who was throwing him the ball? And how many catches was he splitting? Come on. He wasn't a number one receiver in Cleveland. He was 1A or 1B, or, or and that's it. With the Jets, he would be 1A. With a veteran like Jameson Crowder in the room with him, too. Not to mention Lenny in Long Island. You're on the fan. And how are you today? As you, uh, I will be here every every uh, Saturday night. All right, you know, Lenny, appreciate to it. What you have to say. By the way, yeah. you got some great callers. Uh, in addition to the to the quantity, is good quality. Yeah. Uh, they talk about the hockey game between the United States and uh, you know when they won the gold medal. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that may not have been the greatest game ever played by the United States team. Ooh, which is uh, 1976. The Philadelphia Flyers played the Red Army team in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. Kate Smith sang God Bless America, and the Spectrum went crazy. The end result was that once their star player, Valerie, Tradio, uh, Valerie Karmeloff, was laying prone on the ice, the Russian coach took the, took the Russian team 
off the ice. They were in the dressing room for almost 20 minutes until they got a call saying, if you don't come out, you're not going to get the quarter of a million dollars that you're supposed to get. And that's the only reason that they came out. The place was rocking. You couldn't believe how Dave Schultz and the rest of the guys just knocked them all over town. It was one of the most entertaining hockey games in the history of the National Hockey League. Well, so, yeah, I will give you that. That's pretty yeah, cool. No qu- and also, uh, uh, your other caller called about the um, uh, heavyweight champion of the world, how it used to be second to the president. Yeah. The greatest, and I'm going to send you this, the greatest sporting event ever broadcast was by a fellow named Les Kiter. He broadcast the Floyd Patterson Ingemar Johansson fight, 1959, when Johansson uh, came in from Sweden and knocked Patterson down six times in the third round to win the heavyweight champ. I'll send you the tape. It is by far the greatest sporting event of any sport ever broadcast. Now, last thing, and I'll ask you this question. Will any of the Houston Astros get voted on to the All-Star team by the fans, no matter what their statistics show? Yeah, that's a great point. Okay. Um, yeah, Lenny, so, great point. I hadn't, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And also, you know what else is pretty cool? I've been podcasting since 2001. You're fantastic. Lenny, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank okay, you. Kids, thanks, thanks for the call. Hey, you know what? I, I hadn't considered that. And... and I think, Lenny, you were the one last week. I wish I didn't let you go, but I think last week you were the one who brought the info that I also didn't know, that no literally teams in California are, are banning uh, Astros teams, you know, in their T-ball leagues, in their youth leagues in California, which I thought was awesome. I think that was you that brought that point up. But I had not considered that, you know, the all-star voting is in, in the hands of the fans. I don't think there's going to be one Astro named to the all-star team. Because even if they get enough votes in Houston, in and around Houston, every single team around the league and their entire fan base is is really ticked off. And hopefully this will be sustained until then because none of them really deserve to be on it. Unless, of course, it was a guy that wasn't on the team in 2017, a newcomer, you know. But Jose Altuve, sit down. Correa, sit down. Mariznik, sit down. Uh, all the rest of those guys. Correa... Uh, who else? Uh, a Springer. Oh, Reddick. Come on. With him? Come on. Yeah, I, I, that would be awesome. I would love to see that. Let's get that going. we got to get a hashtag going on that on Twitter. Noah in Brooklyn, you're on the fan. Hey, listen, I, had, I, I was thinking about saying something else, but this last guy who just called, who just called you, he, he said a lot of things that made a lot of sense. Okay. So I just want to give him the respect. There you go. Of, um, of, of, of just saying what he said. Cool. And... I, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an NFL guy. I'm a football guy. So, I was watching the XFL today, and I like, I like the Houston. I like the Houston um, Tampa Bay game. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cornelius, Taylor Cornelius for for Tampa Bay is terrible. I think the quarterback play is terrible for that team. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, with DC with Cordell uh, from. Ohio State is he's an okay quarterback, and I think that the guy from uh from Houston, the Roughnecks, is is pretty good. And I also like the wide receiver. And here's 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 my point. I think that you're gonna have some of these players that that are coming out of the XFL that might 
take a the NFL might take a look at. Oh, I'm year. sure. I am sure. But I, and this guy from the wide receiver from uh from Houston three, is, was is it, he was it three touchdowns in back to back weeks? Was it that he, I remember seeing? Two, he had six touchdowns in, in the two last games. two games. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And um, you know, and you look at this. He's he's re- he's really good. You know, he's 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 he break the way that he breaks uh, coverage. He he's he's a really good uh, receiver. And um, and I'm also looking at the quarterback. You know, I don't know. I think he's pretty good too. But you know, we'll see. Also, um, the Yankees. Here's the thing. Everybody's so upset about you know. Uh, injuries and and now we have we have uh we have um pitchers that are injured and, and, and listen the Yankees are going to be okay we need to worry about the Mets you know the Mets the Mets are, the Mets are, the Mets they also have a good squad so we're going to see what's going to happen I'm a Yankee fan and a Mets fan mm-hmm. me too so I'm, I'm, me too yeah, people don't believe you know, that I'm, Right, it's it's hard. It's hard, like, and I'm also a Jet fan and a Giant fan. Me so. too. They don't even play in the same league, so it's good. We're good. <laughs> right, <laughs> but a lot of people, a lot of people say, you know, you can't do both I or know. whatever. I do both. I know. I, I get it every I week. Do, I, I deal with both. I, know. So I hope I hope for the best for bo- for both. And also, I think that um, you know, you need to be more. You need to be more on. Um, I'm looking at a Maggie and 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 McCartan thing. Maggie and McCartan, Eminem. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> like. You know, so yeah. I'm looking for that. I think I'm 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 I would love listening to you on the on the overnight for you know today over Saturday or whatever. But I would like to hear more of you, and I think you're awesome. And I just you know yeah no thanks for the call. I hope you'll tune in again. You know next week and every week. I always t- I tune in all the time. So <laughs> thanks, I appreciate that. You know Moose and uh, Moose probably wouldn't appreciate that too much, but I like the sound of that McCartney and Maggie for sure. Um, yeah, so we got a break at 37. So let's say, um, what else can we do? Let's, uh, oh, God. XFL stuff? See, the thing is with the XFL is this. It's not meant to be like uh, like he was just saying. It's not meant to be like a G League sort of league. It's meant to be its own standalone league. But, of course, I mean, you had at the first Guardians home game, you had four scouts from our New York teams there to watch that game. You had, I'm trying to think, it was, I think, one Giants scout and three Jets scouts. Or was it reversed? I can't remember. It was a couple weeks ago. But I th- it was either one Giants and three Jets or or three Giants and one Jets. But it, nevertheless, there were four scouts from our New York NFL teams there to watch that game. Of course, you're going to see these guys going on to the NFL for sure. And that stud wide receiver from Houston, you know, <laughs> not Houston Astros, of course, Houston Roughnecks, he might be one of the first to go. And uh, the D.C. quarterback, he's making a real big campaign for himself, too, to get back into the NFL. So, all right, so more of your calls after the break. This has been a steady stream and really good. I, I, you guys stay on hold. I promise I always get to you guys. So 877-337-6666 if you want to get aboard. It's McCartan After Midnight, Danielle McCartan on the fan. As you guys know, baseball is actually back. Like, actual baseball you know, we've been talking about the Astros for two weeks straight. I mean, entire shows for two weeks straight leading up to today. I'm glad there's not a ton of Astros calls on hold um, or tonight at all, which is great. Um, but the Mets and Yankees both played today. And first of all, I got to say that this this panic button, 
knee-jerk reaction, overreaction Sunday to this Luis Severino injury. I mean, come on, guys. It's not time to panic just yet. I mean, the sky is not falling in Yankee world, in Yankee universe, okay? it's it's He's going for tests. It only happens with his changeup. <laughs> so what? You have Severino out there throwing just change uh, every pitch other than a changeup this year. I'm just kidding. I know that's not possible. But let's not hit the panic button, everybody, here in New York, until at least Wednesday when, when the, the tests are complete. And, you know, the team knows more and he knows more about what this injury is. Because it seems to be perplexing to everybody. So stop with the panic. We're going to wait and see. Next week, then, it might be time to hit the panic button. But you never know. And then the Mets have, one of their pitchers has a- another injury. Did you guys hear? Well, it's just, it's it's not just, but it's it's Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo has a small fracture on his left pinky toe. And he, he how he got it, he banged his toe in the Ottoman Hotel. And I've, listen, you don't know how much you use or need your pinky toe until something like this happens. Because it's, it's, I've done it. I was running out of my bedroom. When I was about, I would say, uh, in college, I was home for the weekend, and I was running out of my bedroom. The dog was barking at something outside, and I thought it was another animal. I, I don't know. I thought, there was, whatever. The commotion that was going on outside, I felt like I needed to get to in a, in a hurry. And I jumped up from my computer. I ran out the door, and my I caught my pinky toe on the door. And let me tell you, black and blue right away. So I understand what Seth Lugo is going through. I mean, you don't realize it until, like I said, you have an injury to, to your pinky toe, and you don't realize it's, it's how much you need it, especially when you're standing, just just standing. But the good news for Seth Lugo and for the Mets, I mean, as I, I've been through, it's not a terribly long recovery period. There's really nothing you can really do for it. It doesn't have any lasting effects. He'll be fine. The Mets will be fine. And after uh, chasing Shreve's performance today, can't come fast enough for them. Okay, let's get back to the phones. There is one open spot for you. 877-337-6666. Ralph in Bradley Beach. You're on the fan. Hey, Coach Danielle from another Coach, Coach Ralph. What's up, Coach Ralph? Congratulations on your journey. I just want to congratulate some girls from my old uh, school, first Long Beach High School, New York, the first uh, place kicker to make the uh, varsity team for the boys team, the first cool. ever broke through. And we okay. have the New York State girls hockey team where we had the goalie, and we win every year, either county or states, Long Beach, New York, where the Rangers used to have their camp. I used to work there. And she became the first goalie to break the wall. So the lines are cracking. And thanks to people like you, I just want to say about the USFL, it's my dream come through. There's a kid that, from our little town, East Rockwood, New York, Mr. O'Hagan, playing for the D.C. team. He played for the Buffalo University, got cut last cut by the Giants. And my brother gets season tickets. I'm 67. and said, I'm going to be on the sidelines when Mr. O'Hagan you're going to be the first kid from East Rockaway, the smallest town, town in the life, to be playing. And I'll be on the sidelines cool. uh, for my April game. Very I am cool. so excited. 67, I'm glad that your journey is uh, take. I, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, one thing about OBJ, I lived in Port Imperial. He used to go by the P.F. Chang's with his driver, picking up the Chinese food. Uh-huh. He's, he's been thrown out of the River Palm. Up the road in Edgewater, but yep. you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a Giant fan. He's worth the gamble for your Jets. The man is a legitimate. I don't care what these kid guys said. The kid can play. Mm-hmm. I think with his parents, he'll do the right thing in the Jets. I think, like you said, you are right. I'm a Giant fan. That kid, you put him out there. He's 
top three, the guy, yep. I think he's going to be ready to do something. The big, I think he misses New York. I think you bring him back to the Jets. I said, boy, she's got the answer to the pain. I'm a Giant fan, but I think he's, with Anderson out there, I think the kid will be unstoppable. I, I think he's I got agree. something to prove. Give him a chance. I mean, stop talking about train wreck. Everybody, you know, second chance. Yep. I know, well, I in know this case, it'd be a bit. third chance, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a little cancer there, but you know what? Ran track, his mother, I heard it in his ear from, I know, people that talk about him. Let me tell you something. Uh, he did, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. did a women's football camp uh, in, in over there in Waldwick. And let me right, tell you something. His his mother was there. I was there. His mother was there. He is yeah, he's, mother, LSU track star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, she is a, a huge influence on his life. Who brings oh, their mother to, to, to work like, like he does? Right. Nobody. He signed uh, for my kids. You know, I got the opposite feel about him. I know he's got situations. But I think he's a baby looking to cry. I think his mother's in his ear now. And his mother is, well, just like you said, I'm glad situation caused it. You know, people are judging him. Judge, all right, we give him a second chance. The guy is a legitimate player. I think he's going to wake up. And I said, wow, she's right. Let him go there. Let him come back to New York because he, he, he wasn't happy in Cleveland. I think the Jets, I said, as a Giant fan, if I had that guy, take him. You're right. I don't care what Zelig Bozo said. He's, he's worth a shot. At that price, you're going to get him. I seem to. I mean, I think so. I mean, if you're paying, if, okay, the, if the market value on, on Robbie Anderson is $12 million and the and and Odell's contract is 14.2, who are you picking? I'm picking oh, Odell of Beckham. Course. Of course. It's not a it's no brainer. I said, they, I, listen, these guys are the car. I was a, a long time ago. Men are crying, crying at the dentist chair, women having babies. Let Danielle <laughs> have the answer. I think that you're 100%. I said, I just woke up, and I'm 67. I said, that's the plan for the Jets. Put that guy out there. He want to come back, prove to New York. I think you got the answer to the pain, but that guy will be. And if you can get him on the down low, go ahead. Well, Ralph, I, I think that would be a good move for sure. Danielle, you're going to be the first New York coach, just like San Francisco had the first female. You're going to be on there. I, 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 whatever your parents did and what you did, you made all the programs you did great on, and now you're a coach. The journey's just begun. I'm proud of you, and uh, the show is unbelievable. I, I don't call that much, but I wait for your openness and your awareness of everything. And one more thing. Mark Belusis was, I was babysitting my daughter's dog up at Battery Park. Who do I see pull into the space in front of her building? It's Mark Belusis. I got the three dogs. He says, are those yours? I said, yep. The one English bulldog and two Frenchies. I said, yeah, I'm just walking him. My, she was in vacation in Miami with babies, and he pulled right in front of my daughter's place. I go, look, another bucket list for the coach time. <laughs> took a picture with, took a picture where he hit the dogs. It was, uh, okay, Coach Ralph right in front of the building. I was like, look at this. The doorman, such a gentleman, and uh, waited for something like that. Now I could cross it off the bucket list, Coach with there you go, Ralph. I appreciate but the call always, Ralph. Coach Ralph, oh, Danielle, you're great. Thank, going, you. Danielle. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you. Thanks. Coach Ralph, awesome. Let's hit Lenny in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. How are you, Lenny? Danielle, my girl. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm enjoying the show as always. Oh, thank you. I got a few things to bring up. Uh, first of all, quickly with OBJ. Pains me to say, I really hate the guy, but uh, he is the perfect fit for the Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, he you just got to take the you got to take the gamble. Yes, sir. And, and if he acts like a jerk, yeah, just toss him. But you got to take the chance. Yep. A um, couple other things. The Knicks. 
ah, what can you say about the Knicks? They just have no luck. And I, you know, you're watching the season. They have the bad year. They change the rules of the lottery. They wind up third. And <laughs> don't know. you know, two guys are fantastic. Zion's out of this world. John Morant. And then we get R.J. Barrett, who, who looks like he's the second coming of Trent Tucker. Uh, just an invisible guy. Puts up useless numbers. And I'm really disappointed in what happened with them. And I don't know when they're going to ever write the ship. And uh, just sad that no, nothing good. Yeah, you know, Carmelo, you know, people rip him, but you know what? He's the only guy who really ever wanted to come to New York. Yeah, I know. I, I, I wrote know? an article about why, that. Yep. Why isn't there a guy out there that wants, all you have to do is come to New York, get him to the playoffs. He'd be a guard out here. Yeah, I know. You know? I know. I and and nobody, nobody wants to come. Maybe I'm hoping... Giannis, I'm hoping the Greek freak wants to come. Wow, but, that's going to be big game hunt. I don't think the Knicks have the stability to, to attract anybody like that. Got to get something. I, I just I can't take it anymore. I know, Lenny, and that's what and, they said last season. They they they, they got to get something, uh, and they got nothing. They got at uh, zero. Glad, they glad, didn't get I'm an glad, interview. I'm glad. Look what the Nets got. They got they got this Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. with just one one head case and uh, injured every two seconds and Durant. I think that's going to wind up not working out for them, you know. And maybe, uh, maybe it's a blessing that the Knicks didn't get it. And lastly, um, okay, I see Leslie Visser is being entered in as the first woman sportscaster into the Hall of Fame for something, and um, she's good. And um, I have a lot of women out there now, and you're, I, I find you wonderful. Who are your influences, and who do you think, uh, who inspired you as far as uh, getting into broadcasting and and who are your favorite sports sports shows right now on on the air? Well, any thanks for calling me. I'll, I'll answer that. Um, so funny that you asked that. Honestly, I, I swear I didn't set that up. But I have a podcast dropping this week. Actually, it's called um, well, the second episode. The first episode I interviewed Susan Waldman, also a pioneer in the field. But um, it's a it's a podcast through Radio.com, Entercom, WFAN. Um, so it's uh, kind of circles on or centers around. You know, stories that aren't really told, and and those stories happen to be a lot of the stories of, of females in sports. As he mentioned, Leslie Visser would be cool to get on, but I, I, my first one that I started with, of course, was the pioneer. Had to have started with Susan Waldman um, because she got she was the first voice here on the fan, the first voice in 1987. It was her, and uh, and I mean, it's a fascinating. It's just fascinating what she had to have you know go through in, in her career. Um, so the the second episode, here's a spoiler alert: the second episode. I had going to record it and edit it and everything and put it out there, but it's going to be talking about kind of like, you know, I didn't go to school for this. I, I went to school to be a teacher and I still am a teacher. And this is kind of like a side gig, you know, for now. So um, I remember watching Yankees games on the Yes Network and saying, Mom, Kim Jones, I want to be her. And then it's funny how things work out because I had my my little radio show at, at Rampo College. Once it, it happened to be Sunday mornings, by the way, at, at 10 a.m. though. Or eleven, I think it was one hour long, and uh, one day Kim Jones came on my on that show with me. I mean, that I thought was awesome. I mean, very cool. And then Kim Jones was my first guest here on my first show on the fan, or maybe second show. Maybe it was the first. I have to go back and look, but my first or second show, my first first ever call in guest, Kim Jones. So um, I see her all the time at Giants games. She's probably, I would say, you know, one of. The most influential, and then I'd have to say next most influential um, would be Laura Oakman. 
she has done amazing job connecting women in sports, uh, broadcasting, and you know at all levels of, of the team level together. Um, so Laura Oakman, who is is you know another mainstay in the field, she has been doing one wonderful things for women in sports. And then, you know, one day I got a, a follow and a DM from Maggie Gray here. Hey, uh, Danielle, I, w- I wanted to know if you want to go grab coffee. I mean, I got I jumped in the car and came here right here. And had a eighteen dollar cup of hot chocolate because I don't really, I don't drink coffee, but eighteen dollar cup a cup of hot chocolate just to sit down with her, and we talked for about an hour or so. So I mean, it's been great. I mean, and and of course, there's the, the male role models too as well that have been help helping me out every step of the way. But that's it. I, that's all I'm giving you. That is the preview for episode two of the podcast. You go on wfan.com under podcast, it's there, or you go on radio.com or the radio.com app. Type in power players. You know the pun on the hockey term. It's all there. You'll see it. Catch up. It's only 30 minutes. You got that. Drive to work. You got it. Not right now, though. You got to wait. All right. So let's hit the break. 877-337-6666. You three on hold. I see you. I will get to you. Don't worry. Oh, we got a Houston a call from Houston. Oh, my God. I can't wait. All right. After the break, this is going to be must listen radio, I am sure. Daniel McCartan, After Midnight on The Fan. Daniel McCartan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. And Sports Radio 66. Good morning, everybody, and let me welcome you in to the final hour of McCartan After Midnight here on WFN Radio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. And it's time to hit the little bit of the reset button here because we have been getting, you know, I guess it's just, you know, February 23rd in sports radio. And it's like, you know, it's just a mishmash of things. There's a lot of calls on hold with, you know, always with just different topics. So it's kind of like grab bag, you know, but... I'll tell you what I opened with. I opened with, um, you guys know by now that I, I love the songs, uh, interludes. And my first song that I had was Eminem's Without Me. Because, you know, baseball's back. We are no longer without baseball. And I had baseball's back. I sang that part. He didn't, Eminem didn't sing that. I did. Baseball's back. Back again. I had just got, I just got back from Tampa. I flew in late Friday night. I landed. By the way, I had an entire exit row of seats to myself. I had three of them. I was controlling three TVs. I had the the Wilder on the far left. I had the Wilder uh, Fury, uh, you know, coverage on the middle one. I had a uh, the Timberwolves game, Timberwolves Celtics, and on my TV I had on the uh, the one right in front of me. They were all mine, but the one right in front of me I had uh, the MLB Network on. I forget exactly what I was watching, but I was doing some work on this Odell Beckham stuff as well. So I had gone down and, and I didn't see Yankees or Mets spring training, but I saw Braves and Rays. Spring training as a fan. I mean, it was it was a cool experience. It was my first time ever, believe it or not, doing that. So I thought that was a pretty cool experience. You know, just how close you can get to the major league game. I mean, I had my nose through the fence and my my hands were hanging on the chain links, watching the, the Rays outfielders take batting practice. Like like it's my own team. I mean, it was awesome. I just I I love it. I, I just I love it. And so um, my cousin and I did that. I have a cousin that lives down there, and he took me there. Um, and then. You know, I also had overreaction Sunday with this the Severino injury. I mean, let's let's not overreact here, guys. The, the the ceiling or the sky is not falling just yet. Let's wait for the test to come back. How about we do that before before we jump to anything? Because you know they've taken some issues off the board already, and um, everybody seems to miss the fact that you know even Luis Severino himself, I think, said the words if it was serious. I mean, so there there you go, Mets. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the Mets game later today. I mean, earlier today was Wilson Ramos. I mean, made. I mean, he clean up Wilson Ramos. It was windy that last 
Friday that I was there in Florida, it was windy. It was like 50 degrees. I was wearing jeans, actually, and, and my North Face jacket, which the day before was 82 degrees. I was sitting on a beach, okay? So um, the weather can turn like that. But Wilson Ramos had almost had a grand slam. The wind blew it back in, or else he would have had a grand slam. And then the ugly, my, the bad Pete Alonso, 0 for 3. But, you know, hey, it's it's February 23rd, by the way. But the ugly, this is a red flag. This is a cause for concern. Chase and Shreve, struggle city, man. He, he had an awful outing. Within his first eight pitches, surrendered a home run, responded by plunking the next guy. He entered with the lead. This is the story of the Mets, uh, Mets bullpen last season. Entered with the lead, left the game tied. It's exactly what the Mets don't need. Another bad relief pitcher to, to blow the lead. Then, of course, next, the more fallout from the Astros cheating scandal. I introed that with Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. Maybe next time he'll think before he cheats, right? I had quotes from Mike Trout, Conforto, Harper, Markakis. And then a renewed call on my show here for Rob Manfred to step down or for the owners to force him to step down. Because the commissioner's trophy is not just a piece of metal to the people that win it, to the people that hoist it. I hate to tell you that, Rob Manfred. And for the cities also that those that that they represent. I mean, you had Chris Bryant talking about Chicago hadn't ri- risen that trophy in 108 years. So he said that piece of metal meant a whole lot to this whole city. Justin Turner also nailed it. I think Cody Ballinger nailed it, and Justin Turner said for him to devalue it the way he did just tells me how to, out of touch he is with the players in this game. At this point, the only thing devaluing that trophy is that it says commissioner on it. Then Manfred had to come out and apologize and whatever. Whatever. So those have been pretty much the main topics. Um, we've talked about the MLB playoff structure. Um, most of it to go for me, except for that Selection Sunday feature. But I like the wild card is now proposed to be back to a three-game series. I hated the one game. I also like um, the, the, the 163rd play-in game, whatever. It's just going to be determined by, by the record in the in the league series, and I love that it puts a little more effort on league play. And then uh, we've had a lot of calls tonight and a lot of talk about a certain number one three, maybe in green, but, but that can't be because Maynard is has that number retired. So maybe Odell Beckham will be wearing number three with the Jets. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. And we're full again. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Uh, as soon as I take this call, we've got Jim in Houston. Jim, I'm ready for you. Yeah, hi there, Danielle. How What's up? You? Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. You know, I've been actually listening to some of the New York broadcasts, you know, on the radio.com application, mm-hmm. like last week, you know, since the comments started coming out from a lot of the players. Right. And, you know, I just want to set the record straight. I've mm-hmm. done watched a lot of Astros games and, you know, been a fan with them for a long time, that though as bad as this whole cheating scandal has been, the main thing that they violated was that after September 15th, when the commissioner sent out the memo, Mm -hmm. you know, they never officially stopped with their routine that they were using, you know, with the camera and all that. Okay. Because prior to that, there were no guidelines or rules as to 
you know, what can be used as far as technology or anything like that. And uh, quite honestly, you know, I know they said that a lot of the, the team did a bad job of apologizing and all that, but I can assure you, you know, Crane did a really bad job. I'll tell you that right now. But after well, in that, the, in the beginning, he did fine. Firing them, he did. It, he was championed, and then all of a sudden, this this apology comes out, and it was terrible. It was. Crane did a bad job. I'll tell you that. But later on, the players, when they did the locker room interviews, um, I don't know how much of it you guys heard off or whatever. I, I heard most apologetic. of them. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you because I watched it, all, if not most of them, most if not all of them. I didn't feel any sort of remorse, and I don't think anybody else has. You know, I mean... They're, they're, they're remorseful that they got caught. That's the thing. That's why they're remorseful. Mm-hmm. Quotes. I'm doing air quotes on that one, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you. You know, I mean, hindsight, I mean, they're a lot... You know, like I said, if they hadn't gotten caught, you know, I mean, they are going to ha- be the considered the villains right now. But, you know, I mean, like I said, those are good ball players. I mean, and I tell you, and the other thing is, you know, I analyzed. I don't know if you ever read up on it, but there's a guy, a Houston fan, that actually analyzed all the games. on. A, of course, like I know. Spec- yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. And, and, it, and it showed how many times they received the, the, the banging of the, of the drum and all that. Yeah, I've seen it. And it, it's despicable. You know, it was bad during the season, but. You in think the they playoffs. stopped in the playoffs? Get out of here. If you think they stopped it in the playoffs, I come on. I, I have a, a bridge I mean, to sell you in, in the desert of Las Vegas. Come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, honestly, the, the, the banging was not heard during the playoff games, you know. I mean, I had some people yeah, look into they, that. At that point, they switched to wearable technology. No. What? Come on, no. Oh, come on. You don't see that buzzers thing is, I mean, that is just so far out in left field. I mean, I, you know, unless there's some, dif- I'm sorry. Is it though? Well, I'm so you know, unless there's some definitive proof, you know. You haven't I mean, seen the pictures? Were- hey, come on, you sound pretty educated on this whole thing. You haven't seen those pictures in that video? Oh, yeah. What was Jose yeah, Altuve yeah. hiding in your opinion? In my opinion, I mean. I don't think he wanted to get his shirt torn off. I oh mean, you my know, God. but he's done it plenty of times before. Yeah, he has. You know, but like I said, then why know, then why to... change the shirt? Then then why go into the clubhouse and then change the shirt? Well, what's that about? He had to take the wire off, didn't he? No, no, no. Oh, what what it was is because the video was actually you know that was broadcast was actually shortened, but when they went back, he put on the actual shirt. You know, once. You know, because he changed it, you know. Mm. But, you know, you have to give them some benefit of the doubt. No. I understand they don't deserve it. No. But, you, you know. You can't give them the benefit you know, I mean, of the doubt. Jim, I hate to cut you off here, but that, that's when this call goes off the rails. And thanks for calling in from Houston. I do appreciate that. But, listen, giving them the benefit of the doubt is absolutely out of the question. They have actually ruined and shaken the game of baseball to the core. Okay? They knew what they were doing was wrong. Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora, every single one of them in that dugout knew what they were doing was wrong. And they're just sorry that they got caught. But they have shaken the game of baseball to the core. And they, in that, in that, for that reason, do not deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you that. 
And I think every single other 29 markets of baseball and anybody that's a casual fan will agree with that. Hate to tell you that, man. Tony in Providence, you're on the fan. Wow. Um, I was, can't believe what he said. I mean, you can't deny it. It's ruined the integrity of the game. We can go on and on and on about that one. My friend, all night on that one. I know. One. I know. Wow. We, and we have. <laughs> but you got an NFL point for tonight. What's up? Yeah, um, the play on uh, the playoff. Um, adding another team, I understand that. But mm-hmm. this thing about the one-two, uh, obviously the one-two um, seed. You know, one team missed the buy. Right. But the argument, my friends think that, all right, some teams might slack off now because if you can't get the one, if you're a coach, um, if you don't get the one, it's like, yeah, do I want to rest my starters? Uh, it, it causes more harm than good. I know. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's one-two. Um, you have more teams fighting for that one and two. But if we don't think you're going to get the, Daniel, if we don't get that two, you might back, back off, slack off a little, you know? Yeah, but then you get to, you get, if you slack off and you slip down to a five or a six seed, then you got to play tougher competition. You know what I mean? It goes the other way. I, I don't well, know. I don't think, it, I don't well, think so. It, We're talking about professional football athletes. I, 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 I don't see that happening. Oh, so, and then about the baseball, obviously, I agree. National League pitchers should not be batting. Correct. Right, that's, a, that's a right answer. <laughs> All right. And that one. And then, um, like I said, just the whole thing, um, baseball, I mean, I can't believe the commissioner said that. I mean, that was awful. Any commissioner saying that. Yeah, who um, says that? <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of people who play sports, and I couldn't believe he said that, but I guess he apologized, but still, you don't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the West Sox players and people who have won it, um, said, what? What are you talking about? And they weren't happy when they bring it up. I mean, many members have brought it up, Danielle. Yeah. So, but no, I just wanted, but I just can't believe what the guy said. Uh, we can go on but that last call because uh, it does affect the integrity of the game. And uh, they were caught, and like you said, um, you can't dispute that. And to I me, mean, they should be um, banned from post season. I would really go after Houston a big time. Um, they're not getting... Harsh enough, I think. They could really be banned from postseason. Just like NCAs uh, takes um, them, uh, things away where teams are on probation for a long time. Houston can be really penalized more. A lot of fans agree with that. Well, Tony, and that, that's the problem, that Rob Manfred didn't step up and do it. I mean, let's let's be honest. You can't prevent a team from making it to the postseason. You just you, you can't. So why don't you just ban them for the entire season then? Why, why are they even picking up a bat? Come on, you can't do that. that that's not possible. But. Rob Manfred granting those players immunity was where this all went wrong. He should not have granted them immunity. He, he should have selected, I don't know, let's say, uh, by the way, everybody gets this mixed up. Michael Fires wasn't the only one that came forward with that. He was the only one named. There were other Astros players that have, uh, it doesn't say current or former, but there were other Astros players that had come forward. So why can't they just go back to, to those people, interview them, and then implicate the rest of them? I mean, you don't need to talk to every single player. You don't. Talk to a few. They know what's going on. They corroborate each other's stories. Done deal. As far as I'm concerned. You know? So, I don't know. That's what I got on that. So, if you want to get aboard, 877-337-6666. There is one open spot for you. Real quick, we'll hand it over to, hand it off. Football reference there to Marco for the update, and we'll be right back. Hey, so uh, this is, uh, we are coming up on our last 40 minutes of McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan, and we're having this secondary conversation here on Twitter, and uh, that, that caller from Houston, at the dark side 897 says, that Astros fan really said they deserve the benefit of the doubt 
two laughing faces. Glad you didn't try to let him pass with that. Of course not. Come on. Benefit of the doubt. Come on. At D-S-U... I don't know how to say the last name, but D-Sukunik, I guess. That's my best guess. He said, Danielle, you're a saint. Letting that guy from Houston talk as long as you did. Talk about self-control. Eventually, you couldn't take any more. Off the rails. Listen, I try to get everybody their point across. You know, I, I do give you that. But there's a, there comes a point. There's always one or two a night where that goes off the rails. And then at Lefty Lib for Life 99 says, delusional. He was probably wearing a buzzer as he was talking to you. And there you go. Uh, and that's what you get. And, I mean, that's that's the vitriol that's going to be directed at Houston Astros fans across the league, Houston Astros players across the league. And you saw it. If you watched that, I, I, as intently as I did, you watched the game uh, between the, the Nationals and the Astros before. And guess what? Not one marquee or brand name player played for Dusty Baker's Astros uh, earlier, or act, uh, what is it, Saturday night at least at this point. So not one name brand player played, okay? They were confiscating. They were, guess what? Security was told to steal the signs, huh? steal the signs of fans that brought signs to um, express their, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Their disdain with the Astros. So they were confiscating the signs. I mean, come on. This is, this is going to go on every single game in every single park. And no garbage can is going to be safe. So any ballpark across the... The uh, the great nation of ours better be bolting them to the ground. <laughs> Marty in Westchester, you're on the fan. Yes, good morning, Danielle. What's yeah, I'd up, like Marty? to talk. Yeah, I like to talk about the Yankees' starting rotation. Yeah. Uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed, of course, with Luis Severino's battery of tests that he'll be undergoing uh, on Monday, right. and um, uh, they do have some options. Uh, I mean, Luis Sessa, Jonathan Luisica, mm-hmm. it gives him an opportunity to step up. But I'm just wondering if worse comes to worse. Uh, the Yankees were very successful with the opener situation with Chad Green last year. Do you think they might resort to that if need be down the road? Let's say if Severino has to be out for an extended period of time. I mean, it's, Marty, it's, it's always a possibility. I mean, it worked once. It, there's no reason why it wouldn't work again, right? But if you're interested in, in maybe taking a peek at, at what's to come, I appreciate the call, Marty, as always. But um, if you if you tune in Sunday, obviously later today, 1.05 p.m., where I was just talking about the race camp, guess what? The Yankees are going to be playing there, Charlotte Sports Park, down there in Florida. That's a 1.05 start, and guess who's pitching? Jonathan Lewisica. So that I I would be tuned in to, to hear how he does. You know, Then you got Luis Sessa on Tuesday. I mean, it's going to be open tryouts. It's going to be open tryouts. Already, but especially now that maybe, 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 potentially, Luis Severino could be missing more time than than I'm thinking. Everybody's everybody's like, oh, my God, he's going to be out forever, the whole season again, blah, blah. Come on. Get a grip. Relax. And let's just wait for the test to come back. But in the meantime, they are capable guys. And this is the time. This is why I love spring training. I, from, like, let me put my coach's hat on. You know, you're seeing who's going to fit your team and who's going to perform and who's not. You know? Spring training isn't for the, the 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 superstars. Spring training is for those fringe guys, those guys working on getting a position, whether that be in a starting rotation or uh, you know a platoon outfielder. You know it doesn't matter. But you got Loizaga looking for a rotation spot. You got Sessa looking for a rotation spot. I'd love to see Davy Garcia. I'd love to see Jordan Montgomery. And then at that point in time, we can make a fair, uh, you know, evaluation of of who in fact, should be getting those spots vacated by one, James Paxton, 
and potentially two Luis Severino. Sparky and Dobbs Fair, you're on a fan. Oh, how you doing, Coach? What's up, Sparky? Um, first of all, about the new playoff system, most of it's okay, but when you brought up the Wait, selection Wait, are, are you talking the baseball or the football? Yes. Oh, the baseball, okay. Yes. I'm thinking about, you know, you as a coach, how would you feel if a, t- if a team can publicly say they want to face you in the playoffs? Oh, it would tick me off big time. Your team would be fired up. We actually. would be motivated beyond all belief. Correct. I mean, I never heard of anything so ridiculous as that. Yeah, I know. But the rest of it, though, I mean, that is obviously ridiculous. But the rest of it, I like. I mean, increasing the total number of teams from five to seven, a one-game playoff now becomes a three-game playoff. I mean, I like all that stuff because name me a one a series that has one game throughout the entire league. I mean, the entire no. season. There isn't one. No. None. So that's why the wild card should be a three game series. I've been saying that. So there are things you know, that I do that like. That is a good. That is a good idea because let's face it. Any team can have a flat day. Right. Exactly. And and, and that's fine in the NFL because that's that's their season. But there isn't a, a standalone game that exists in a regular baseball season. There isn't. Okay. And, and that's now, why it shouldn't be that way. Now last year, okay, the Yankees starting pitchers basically pitched the least amount of innings per nine innings mm-hmm. as opposed to any team in baseball. What kind of effect do you think that that three batter rule is going to have on a bullpen? Well, the three batter rule, thanks, Sparky, for the call. The three batter rule is, if you haven't heard, the anybody coming in from the bullpen has to uh, face three batters, you know, the current one and then the two more after that, and unless the inning ends. And... uh how is that going to affect bullpens, not just the Yankees, but across the league? I mean, you can't. And first of all, it's going to shorten the game, the, the time of the game. And I'm not talking the, the game itself. I'm talking about the commercial breaks when they bring in a pitcher and it's three minutes of commercials before, three minutes of commercials after, blah, blah. It's just a pain. Like it, that's, a, that's where baseball loses me, and I'm a big fan of baseball. Um, but how is that going to affect particularly the Yankees' bullpen? See, I, I just don't like the 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 that they take the pitchers out so soon to begin with. I mean, I I think of Tanaka in, the, in that playoff game, and it overexposes the bullpen to the opponent. Tanaka should have been able to go at least into the eighth, or the ALCS game it was, the, the into the eighth inning at least. Okay, because then you don't overexpose your bullpen. And now we, we know that the Astros were probably cheating then too, but... My point is, I mean, it's going to make the game exciting a, a little more more exciting for those fringe fans. You'd have to think, because you know, if there's not a favorable matchup, you know, lefty righty, whatever it is, you know, it's 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 going to result in runs and a, more excitement, more traffic on the base paths, et cetera, more drama within the game. So in a way, I don't mind it. In a way, I don't mind it. And those of you that are like, oh well, you know, those days when, um. Uh, back in the day, they they didn't have closers. They they just had you know you know one guy that did the whole job. You know, that's kind of what it's going back to. And I hate this specialization. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. So I like it. In conclusion, I'm a fan of it. Kevin and Copeg, you're on the fan. How are you doing, young lady? I'm a Yankee fan. I want to talk about the Astros. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Danielle? Oh, I thought you were going to really go that way. I was like, oh, another <laughs> call about the Astros. No, I got three on hold. I'm not saying don't hang, don't hang up, you people. But no, I, just, I was confused because it said OBJ as the topic. <laughs> so a lot of fun on Twitter tonight. That was a lot of fun. We were going back and forth. Say, at Coach McCartan for those of you guys watching or listening. What's up? And 
Odell to the Jets would be great for the station. I mean, what do the Jets have to lose? I mean, who are the last? Uh, I mean, they had some divas here. I mean, Brandon Marshall, Antonio Holmes. Mm-hmm. I know they didn't end well. I mean, uh, Holmes, well, we made it to the AFC Championship, and Marshall. I mean, if the NFL would do that new rule, we would have made the playoffs that year, right? That's right. Yep, the Jets would have made the playoffs that year. Actually, I believe I have to go back and look, but I think the Jets had a better record than the Houston Texans that year, who did make the playoffs. So yes, that would greatly benefit the Jets. And then for the station, I mean, Kim Jones, she was all over OBJ uh, coverage with the Giants. And yep. Mike Francesa, I mean, he would go AWOL. He was, like, really passionate about uh, Odell. What was it two year, or last year? Yeah, I mean, I, I would love it. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jets Green would be one of the missing pieces. They need a stud receiver. When was the last time they had a number one stud receiver? Like, I can't. I can't think Link, of him. Corbett? Was he really? I mean, he nah, was, like, he, was, was like he, a, he wasn't. He my favorite Jet of all time, but he wasn't a number one. Yes, for the old heads like Al Toon, I don't remember yeah. that. Maynard, maybe all the way back to Maynard, maybe. But yeah, I think I think it'd be great. But those Astros, they, all right, have a great night. <laughs> well, Kevin, thanks for the call. I think Odell Beckham to the Jets would be absolutely great. And John and Bayonne, you're on the fan. Hey, how it's going? What's up, John? All right. Uh, first thing, great shout-out to Jay Happ today, Northwestern graduate, getting two innings in strong. Scoreless but I with three know. strikeouts. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. The guy's a, str- the guy's a stud. Well, the let's, let's not go out. that far, but sure. Uh, yeah, the guy's a stud. Go Cats. Um, the thing is, why does... Rob Manfred go after these guys, the Astros, so quickly, and the and Roger Goodell has done nothing about the Patriots when they've had moments and moments over the years that show them to be cheating the same way. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that exact thing when I was driving this morning. Uh, in I, to be honest with you, I was thinking the same exact thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have an answer for it. I think. Maybe that maybe just the the vitriol, the outspokenness of the players uh, in the MLB. I think I, I don't know. I really don't. And I and I would love yeah. uh, for that to be investigated too. But you know, it's not going to ever be. You can't reopen it. It, will, it never will be because nope. they have to let it go. Yep, I, I agree with you. I, and then even this year, when the the guy got caught in the press box with a with a video camera. Oh yeah, that was yeah, kind of swept the, under the, the rug. The guys with the massive actor accents on their on their face. You know. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm 100% honest with you. I was thinking about that, too. But, you know, I guess we're never going to know. All right. All right. Thanks, Dan. Rob, John, thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, you heard Spygate. You heard all these things with the Patriots and the video, and they were videoing the sidelines of, of the Bengals. Woo, they were really scared by the Bengals this year. Well, the Jets should have been maybe doing that, too, because uh, they got beat by the Bengals <laughs> in that game. And uh, actually... I didn't even watch that game because I was uh, with the Giants, but um, I didn't watch that game. You know what? I'm glad I didn't because I don't know if I could have finished it. I mean, it, the only Jets game I've ever turned off in my entire life was the butt fumble game. That was the only game I ever turned off. I watched all of them, suffered through all of them. But I don't think I could have made it through that Cincinnati game. And uh, getting back to the Patriots point, I think that I, I was thinking about this and what I decided upon in my in my own mind and was that, you know, there wasn't as much outcry. There wasn't as much outcry uh, from the public and from the the other players about the Patriots cheating. You know, there there wasn't as much vitriol. There wasn't, you know, it's just it was just different. 
Now you've got literally you've got the the superstars of the game coming out and speaking against uh, not only the commissioner, not only the Astros, but but the whole process of it. I mean, you got what's his name, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, the best player in baseball. Not that's not even an argument. Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, says he doesn't agree with the punishments. The players aren't getting anything. It was a player-driven thing. It sucks, too, because these guys' careers have been affected. A lot of people lost jobs. Me going up to the plate knowing what was coming, it would have been pretty fun up there. Yes, it would have been pretty fun up there. Bryce Harper speaking against it. I mean, every everybody is speaking against it. And that's why I think Rob Manfred had, a, had, had to do something about it. Because guess what? He wasn't going to do anything about it until Michael Fires came out and told the public about it. You know that, that there were teams that reported this and he didn't ever investigate them. Only when Michael Fires came out to the Athletic and, and other Astros players did he do something about it and launch the investigation. We've had a steady stream of calls tonight. I see the three of you guys on hold. Stay there. It'll be your last chance or one of your last chances to get aboard. 877-337-6666. For the rest of you guys, I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Good morning again, everybody. This is going to be your last chance to get aboard. Wake up. Wake up, everybody. It's your last chance to get aboard. McCartan after midnight, or as we say, McCartan in the morning now with the alliteration. I love it. Uh, 877-337-6666. As I look to my left, we have two open phone lines that have your name all over them. Everything. We are talking a hodgepodge of different things tonight. A potpourri, as they say on Jeopardy. A potpourri of different things. NFL um, collective bargaining, new playoff format of of both leagues, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, here we go. We got <laughs> we got people calling Jay Happ a stud. Okay, he did pitch two scoreless innings. Yes, he did have three strikeouts, but let's not go that far just yet. Not yet. And then the Mets. You know, Seth Lugo's got that fractured left pinky toe that you never really realize how much you use your pinky toe, guys, until it's broken. And believe me, I know. And then you got uh, what else? Chase and Shreve. Oh my God, what a bad outing today. Struggle City, man. Struggle City. And of course, what would be a radio show without, without the Houston Astros? I mean, come on. This is like how many weeks in a row have we talked about the Astros? Okay, so last chance to get aboard. 877-337-6666. Oh, and I can't forget Odell Beckham to the New York Jets. That's been a topic tonight, too. Walt in Jersey. You're on a fan. Hey, thanks for taking the call. I kind of, kind of, uh, Look at it as funny that the Yankee fans uh, um, are now dogging the Astros about their cheating ways. Um, we've had a re- recent history of the Yankees. Uh, soon they forget in the nineties. Uh, I mean, we have Mr. Giambi, Mr. Knobloch, uh, Mr. Clemens. Uh, can, can you name me an entire team of New York Yankees that has uh, done steroids? Proven to be done steroids? An entire team of them? Oh, 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 really? Come on now. No, no, no. Name me an entire team of Yankees that have done steroids. Name me one. Oh, I'm not talking an entire team. Oh, well, that's what uh, I'm talking about we, with the Astros. The entire team from the top do down the entire, has cheated. The entire team from the, uh, the, you, the owner all the way down. What? We have proof of that? What? Have you been paying attention to the news the past, I don't know, couple months? What? Because it's been on the news? Hey, we had steroids in the news from 88. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the videos? Have you listened to my show? Come on. Come on. You're better than that. 
Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. You're I, better than that. I, I know that. Come on. And then I, I know you're smarter Tor- than that. Tory, that they're they're uh, Mr. Tory saying they were probably cheated this year. Joe, you, you're going to sit there and tell me you didn't think uh, any of your guys were on, on steroids in the in the '90s? This is not. This is no comparison. Steroids to this is I, no comparison. Well, we don't have steroids to give you an advantage. If you know which, have you ever played a game of baseball, Walt? Absolutely. You have. So you would know that if you knew which pitch was coming, that you'd have a distinct advantage over anybody taking you a steroid. And plus... Wait, no, no, no answer that. Didn't... Walt, you got to answer that. Well, you, you got to make contact, man. Sure, right, you so, if you, so exactly. So if you know what's coming, that's a distinct advantage, Walt. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, sure, absolutely. Absolutely, like right, exactly. So if you have that's a whole just... team of hitters that know exactly what's coming, well, wouldn't all, that be more egregious? That, you can't say the whole team. You have no, what? Clue, you have yes, no clue about I do. the whole oh, team. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the website? Even uh, every player, every single player has received bangs on a trash can, including Jose Altuve, including Brian McCann. Okay, every Again, single one of those players has received a bang on a trash can, Walt. Come on, another, have you seen the website? Thing I don't hear. Have you another seen that website, Walt? Nothing I don't hear is that you guys Walt. didn't hit. Walt, you didn't hit. Walt, I got to drop you, man, because that's an, that's an ignorant call, man. That is an ignorant call. I, I, I can't. You haven't been tuning into the show, my show at least, Walt, because I've talked about it every single week. There's a website out there set up by an Astros fan. We talked about it tonight, Walt. Have you been paying attention, man? You haven't. You haven't been paying attention. Just because it said it in the news? Are you kidding? Then look with your own eyes like, like I do. I don't believe everything that's said in the news. You shouldn't believe everything that's said in the news. Look at it with your own eyes. With your own eyes and your own ears. John Boy. There it is, Walt. Google John Boy if you're not familiar with that term yet. Okay? Come on, Walt. You're better than that. These phone calls are better than that. Uh, come on. Jesus. My God. Joe in Long Island, you're on a fan. Hi, Danielle. What's up, Joe? I just wanted to talk about uh, several calls ago. Someone called in about the Astros and said, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's ridiculous. You don't. Yeah, I know. All, I know. They all were caught red-handed. There's no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt about the buzzers. But I do have a question. What is the origin of the claim that they... They wore buzzers. Does that come from credible, reputable sources? Well, it, it emanated. Clear... It, it emanated from the same guy that that had the um, the whole report about the banging on the trash can. It, it, it the same guy, right? And there's okay. videos of, of something falling off or out of Robinson Chirinos. That's where it all began. And then everybody started digging through and saw the the photos of um, Reddick and the photos and the video of, of Jose Altuve clamping his shirt closed. So. Things like that. That that's where it emanated from, right? And also, Altuve was asked directly about that by a reporter about him wearing, and he deflected by just saying, "Well, the report." Right. They all said that know, the report came up with yeah, but, and and apparently they didn't. The report didn't. The investigation didn't look into that. So he could have just said, "No, I wasn't wearing a buzzer." So it's very it correct. Them right. Heavily. Right. Heavily. Right. If you weren't wearing it, you'd be like, absolutely not. I'd never forget about it. Never, never. No, because they're never going to say that they weren't wearing because if they ever open an investigation and find that they were wearing it, then that's a lot more trouble. Right. Um, I know you're sick of the Astros. I just want to ask you about the Dolphins and what they're going to do with their pick. Mike Florio was on the show with J.J. and Joe last week, and he said he doesn't believe, he's very skeptical of pre-draft rumors, but he... 
he has been hearing rumblings from reputable sources that Stephen Ross is very interested in Joe Burrow. So what would it take for the Dolphins? Are they going to give up their three first-round picks to get Joe Burrow? Plus, the Bengals have said that you can give them 10 or however many first-round picks. They're sticking with their number one pick. So what do you think the Dolphins will do? Joe, thanks for the call. I assume you're a Dolphins fan. I feel like I have to sneeze. So if I pause for a second, it's because I sneeze. Um, but what are the Dolphins going to do? I, you know, this whole uh, two things as you were talking there. Number one, sources. Unless you name a person by name, okay, then I don't believe it. Okay, that's the first thing. So everybody has their own sources, right? I don't know if I've ever said the word source on this on this on this show. Because I don't believe in reporting sources, okay? Anything that's pre-draft posturing, it's just exactly what that is. Pre-draft posturing. Because if you're going to say, oh, you know, whatever, you're going to plant some bugs in people's ears and to get organizations to think differently, then you make your move. I mean, this is, this is like a big game of poker right now, up until the draft day. Up until the, the moment that phone rings, whatever player that is, that's, that's, you know, that's what it is. Okay, so what are the Dolphins going to do at quarterback? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they, they went and got Joe Burrow and traded up to get him. I mean, really. But, you know, there's also uh, these articles that are all saying that, well, you know, everybody says that Joe Burrow should be pulling an Eli Manning. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the Dolphins going to do. You know, I haven't really looked so far into the uh, into the draft as, as – uh, you know, as I should have just yet. I mean, it's not draft time yet. We have still some time. But the NFL Combine, by the way, is uh, 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 this weekend coming up. But no, I haven't looked at what, what the Dolphins are, are doing just yet. Eric, in Ron Konkuma, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Boy, I got you all fired up. This is great. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> real, real, real quick on the tone. My wife broke hers about two and a half years ago. You can't even do anything for it. They don't even they don't even tape them together. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a pain in the neck, so to speak, with the with the toes on there, so I, you know, I definitely can relate to that. Yep. Um, I, I don't want Odell Beckham anywhere near Sam Darnold. Okay. Um, you know, if he if he can't do any production with his best friend on the team, I, I don't want him anywhere near my rookie quarterback. I mean, he's not rookie anymore, but still, you know, I, I need him to develop. I don't need someone, you know, complaining that they're not getting the ball. All right. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And real real quick on on uh, the Astros thing because uh, I'm getting tired of talking about this, but. Um, all these play you mentioned, you know, Trout and these other guys coming out. I want to know: Have any of these guys gone to Tony Clark and complained on it? Because all I hear is them complaining about Manfred. Yeah, have so, any of them approached Tony Clark? That's the thing. We don't know. We don't know that. You know, that's probably never going to be put out there because, right, again, he, they want to put on the unified right. front as as the union. They want to be unified. So I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, all these players that are speaking out, I, I hope that they went to their union president or whatever. Yeah, I right, hope so. Because, you know, cause Right, because he's the only one who's going to turn around and say, "Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm getting all these guys coming to me. You know, we we do need to do something on there." But we're not going to hear that, you know. I mean, so the, them constantly and look, I, I agree, Manfred has not done a good job with, with a lot of this on there. But you know, I mean, um, it's starting to get a little too one sided for my liking on there. When you have the strongest union in sports uh, on there, there's only so much you could do. People complaining about the fine for the owner and everything. That, that's the fine that was set in place. That's what it know, is, right. Exactly. People agreement. don't realize that. The $5 million, that right. was the highest exactly. it could go. But they should be changing the rule. They should already have changed that rule. You know what I mean? 
Well, I don't know. Can they do it now, or do they have to wait for the next agreement? Yeah, right? that I don't know, but it hasn't been right. talked about yet, as far as everything right. I've read. I mean, come on, already right, get on with that's, it. Right, stuff like that, you know, evolving is is where where we're going to go. I mean, you know, if Tony Clark again says, okay, we need to sit down and put in place. Like, you know, people mentioned the, the penalties on the steroids. Well, you know what? Those penalties didn't come into place until people started getting caught on there. Right. So, again, you know, the ones who got caught prior, you know, nothing happened to them until, you know, they started putting in the penalties. So that, that's where we're going to start going with this. Of course. So that's, right. that's what I'm curious to see. Have a great weekend, Danielle. And thanks. You too, Eric. I, you know, of course. That's obviously where we're going to be going with that. And this uh, looks like it's going to be Jay in Manahawken up next. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Danielle. Great show. Thank you. Really, really enjoyed it in the morning. Listen to you. Thanks. Um, Danielle, I got a uh, giant question. But first, has anybody seen that tattoo, infected tattoo that Altuve was supposed to have? If you listen last week, I asked the uh, the uh, beat reporter that was on, or the, the, the radio dude from Houston, and I asked him if he's seen the tattoo. He, he kind of giggled, and he said that's not what he's looking for. So he's the one in the clubhouse with them. I don't know. But he, apparently, though, he has walked in to uh, the clubhouse this season with that tattoo. Hello? Are, are you still there? Okay, well, I guess we lost him there. So uh, has anybody seen the, the Jose Altuve tattoo? Uh, yeah, yes, uh, yes. But when I asked the Chris Gordy that was on last week and if he's seen it because he's been in that clubhouse well then if uh, in fact uh you know he said he giggled and he didn't really say that he saw it or not so i'm telling you the timeline of it doesn't even make sense he jose altuve said he got it in in san francisco and then it was unfinished in october okay but wait a second then if he got it in earlier and literally months later it wasn't finished yet. Uh, you mean to tell me that, that that that's the truth? There's no way that's the truth. So now you're going to be a cheater. And now you're going to combine that with a lie on top of a lie. And you didn't even say it. Carlos Correa had to say it. Oh, and, and by the way, you're getting death threats. Oh, is, are, now, are you guys trying to play the, uh, the, the victim card here? You're playing a victim card on, on getting death threats? Come on. Nobody's going to, I mean, listen, it, to, to send people death threats in their DMs on Twitter, that's, that's crossing the line. That's ridiculous. You shouldn't be doing that. Okay, what do you get out of that with the, your little egg as your profile picture? You're going to send a Twitter giggle and send, send a message on Twitter? Come on. Threatening their kids? Come on. Okay, I know this is, they've, they've shaken the, the validity of the game of baseball from the core. You can't be doing that stuff. So if you guys are listening to me right now, stop doing that. That's ridiculous. That's like cyberbullying, you know? Stop doing it. Um, so that's that. That's, that's where we're going to go with that. But has anybody ever seen that tattoo? This year, uh, so far, they said that he walked in wearing a towel over his shoulder, and then he, like, did a little tattoo reveal. Come on. Come on. And to give, as the one caller suggested, the Astros the benefit of the doubt. you got to be kidding me, man got to be kidding me. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt because they had every opportunity to come out and say, listen, I'm so sorry for what we did. You know, we acknowledge that. You know, we got caught up in it. We just, we couldn't get out of it. You know, and we, we, we spoke to our manager and we asked for his help to get out of it. 
No, that makes me think they everybody knew in that entire building what was going on from the owner on down. And that owner that we were championing, 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 championing in the beginning of the season for firing the manager and firing, you know, the, the GM. Great, that was great. And then he has every opportunity with this piece of paper blown in the wind to come out and, and, and give an apology, and he failed. Altuve failed. Every single one of those players failed. And to suggest that, the, you know, oh, they, they, uh, they in fact, they, they were very remorseful. No, 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 no. They were just remorseful that they got caught. Okay? And it's, it's just, they're going to be, it, cheating is going to evolve into something else now. It's not going to be trash can bangs. That's too easily detectable. It's not going to be wearable technology. That's too easily detectable. So we're going to see how this evolves. But as, a, as I'm, far as I'm concerned, the Astros and we're waiting on the Red Sox, those are the only two teams to be thoroughly investigated. So we'll see. Guys, this was had to been amazing. This is the best night of calls I've gotten. So thank you for all the callers. You know, the quantity of them and the quality of them has been excellent. Could not have done this without you guys tonight. Love coming here, talking to you all. Great job to Maruful behind the glass tonight. Marco on the updates. You got Bob Salter up next. You want to listen to any portion of my show from tonight? Get the radio.com rewind feature and you can go back to any part of tonight's show. Also, check out the WFAN website to get my brand new Power Players podcast with Susan Waldman, which is episode one. She's my guest. I'll see you guys in my normal time slot, 2 to 6 a.m. next Saturday night into Sunday. We've got Mets Cardinals at 1 p.m. today. Matt's and Wainwright. Yeah, the Yankees, Loisica, and the Rays on at 110. In the meantime, hit my socials at Coach McCartan or go Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. See you next week. Sports Radio 66. The fan. WFAA.